0: Eric thank you for this opportunity you come from thank uh, you the thing that uh caught my attention on your bio was the 25 years in video fx you've worked on I mean actually I even wrote a list of the movies that I thought was um that most people would be familiar with so fast and furious jenga Django, if I'm saying that right, Life of Pi, The Born Legacy, The Hunger Games, X-Men First Class, X2, The Mummy, Incredible Hulk, Night of the Museum, Superman Returns, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Longest Yards, The Chronicles of Riddick, The Lord of the Rings, Elf, Star Trek, The Experience. Wait, so, so he, no bullshit. Eric was actually working in Hollywood. Is that how you would?
1: Not exactly Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> Eric Akutagawa,
2: right. if we look at IMDb, are we going to find these credits? Yes, sir. All right, they that's legit. <laughs>
1: yeah, they're all on there, and actually, there's a lot of them that didn't even make it on there. Oh yeah, I don't even know who updates that; they just show up.
2: Yeah, it's the same way with my uh, real estate sales. There's a couple that I can't get to show up on, like because on <laughs> Zillow, there's this fun map of all the places I've bought and sold houses in Vegas.
1: Well, as long as your and commission then... shows up, I think. You're good. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> as long as happy happy clients arrive, I'm I'm happy. So exactly. when Emmett asked you if you're actually legitimately working in Hollywood, your answer was kind of a, a fuzzy no. Well, but-
1: it's funny. Yeah. Cause most people think of Hollywood as just the glamor and glitzy. That's where we make movies, but Hollywood is actually kind of a dirty dungy place. And it, I guess it represents Los Angeles, right? So Culver city, we have so many studios. It's not Los Angeles or it's not Hollywood. Uh, oh. but they have sound stages or fox studios is in century city they have sound stages yeah there's a bunch of stuff hollywood. up in uh, burbank yes exactly warner brothers is up there
2: yeah uh, well we mean hollywood the business not hollywood the uh the street i suppose so yeah where guns and roses grew up
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely worked a lot in film uh a few as you said a few theme park rides video games uh commercials.
2: So, what did you do? Are you doing digital special effects, or what? What would
1: what yes. work were you? Yeah, so right, so uh, we did the visual effects work for all of those. So, um, Life of Pi was a good example, right? We won oh. an Oscar for that. Uh, the tiger was interspersed between a real tiger, and obviously, you can't have a real tiger with the actor in a boat. So, if you yeah, in the boat, exactly, and which the was actor shot,
0: stabbing stabbing the tiger too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So it was shot on a huge tub with a blue screen out on the set i think at paramount uh, or universal one of those and you had the actor with a stuffed animal tiger Uh. as they're shooting this in this tub Uh, and then we would have to digitally take out the tiger and then put in a cg tiger so for me i managed uh, what we called the digital image resources department so we had Basically, everything that came in the studio would come through us. So, when we first found out about the project, oh, we need live action tigers. We need live action flying fish. Uh, <laughs> Quick draw send, some tigers. <laughs> yeah. We would go, we would send uh, photographers to shoot reference at LA Zoo. Uh, or uh, we had somebody who had the actual fish modeled in some studio out in North Hollywood. And they would go out there and we would shoot the images. Uh, we would, the background plates when it was shot on the studio Mm. uh, and we would make sure that is all brought in whether it was on a hard drive or some of it was may have been shot on film or a digital camera however it was shot we would bring it in we would then have to convert it because all different formats all different color spaces so we would have to bring it in process it into our proprietary uh, color space and format and then the artist could work on it. Color so then space. They could, yeah.
2: Inside industry words, guys. <laughs> if you want to sound yes. like you know what you're talking about, talk about color space.
1: All the cameras had different color matching, color temperatures. So we wanted to make sure when we brought it in and spit it back out, it would all look like it was shot on the same camera.
2: Wait, so the Indian kid in the movie was real, right? He was real. Okay. I, well,
1: not all the time, though. Not all the time.
2: Oh, those digital. Did you
1: remember that, that one shot where he goes into the water, he is not real.
2: Ah, so you're getting the inside scoop now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so if, if somebody showed up and saw you on a workday there, would it look like you on a computer uh, doing Photoshop and video editing? Is that what it would look like to For a For me, more person? or less, yeah. Okay. And
1: just hitting action buttons and stuff like that. But I would have photographers who would go on set. Um, yeah. They bring lighting rigs and Mm. uh, sometimes green screens Uh, i had another uh, guy who was a color editor yeah he would do all the color timing had another department that was all uh, 2d editing so they would they would be the ones who would find reference from other features for instance yeah well here's another uh shot that uh, we really like the clouds on this shot so we would splice that in and, Mm. and provide that to the artist so you have to remember also we were in at this point we were in El Segundo uh the campus was was in El Segundo just south of LAX uh but we had studios we had two studios in India we had one in Taiwan and Uh one in Vancouver so an artist in India for instance let's go to Alvin and the chipmunks right we shot Alvin in the chipmunks and there's Alvin he's dribbling a basketball yeah well, the artist in India has no idea how big that basketball is, what the texture is like, what color it is.
2: Oh, because they play cricket.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't play basketball yeah either, do they? Okay. Uh, and, and we can't necessarily send it over there because our artists need it. So we would shoot reference images of it, shoot lighting, shoot texture, and then send that to them digitally so they would have it accessible through a reference library.
2: Oh, here's a digital basketball, guys. Oh, you there passed is. it to India. That's yeah, a long,
1: that's a long good pass. One. I like that.
2: Hey, did you ever lose your wallet in El Segundo?
1: Not that I'm aware of.
2: Okay, why? It's, there's an old song from I think from the I'm gonna say '80s. Really? Yeah, I lost my wallet in El, El Segundo. It's probably the only song that ever references El Segundo <laughs> ever. I'll ever.
0: Yeah, I have not heard that. <laughs> Sometimes this podcast is just for me. <laughs> So you worked on uh, Star Trek, and I, I think you listed it as your mo- kind of like the most interesting story for you, uh, Star Trek The Experience, right?
1: The Experience, yeah. I, do, I don't know if you guys were there. So that was at the Las Vegas Hilton.
0: Yeah, I
2: know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, was that there? Did you? Yeah. I know they shut it down a number of years ago.
2: Was it the uh, one that was based on The Next Generation? Yes. Yes.
1: Right. So I went there, got a free entrance because I worked on it, um, asked my wife wasn't interested. Mm. So we asked, okay, how long is it going to take? And they said, Oh, maybe 20, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. And, oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Cut off for a little bit, but uh, you're good.
1: Okay. So I go in there and if you, if you ever saw it, I'm not even a Trekkie, but I just absolutely loved it. You see the entire Star Trek timeline, you see all of their props, all the uniforms, all the references you see this entire storyline of you know admiral this and general that captain this did this i was there for two hours my poor <laughs> life was, was waiting for me at the end uh and then the, the part we worked on was was the motion uh motion ride yeah. so you actually go into so after you go through this museum like thing with all the star trek stuff yeah you go into what's basically like the the um the elevator shaft thing right the, i forget what they call it turbo shaft The turbo shaft and you end up in this place where they have actors come out and they say oh my gosh we're we're getting attacked by the klingons and you end up on the bridge and again actors all around and then here's i don't know, captain Riker or picard or one of them comes on the screen says hey you better hold on we're being attacked by the klingons and you go through this battle while you're on the enterprise and then you end up back in las vegas and you land back at the las vegas hilton
2: yeah uh, and, and I, I remember it was years ago but that uh that bridge was amazing like you you standing there and you this is like i'm on the bridge of the enterprises you felt
1: fun. it was real and there yeah. all the actors all uniformed out yeah and you're like oh dude you're in the yellow you're gonna die <laughs> oh,
2: <man. laughs> that guys did <laughs> yeah. i got choked by a Klingon. <laughs> That's not even a sex joke. <laughs> there was a guy in a really great uh, Klingon. Um, you know, he had all the makeup and everything, so it was a really hmm. uh, like. But you're looking at the guy like this is fantastic. You know, this is what you would see on the TV show. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it was it was beautifully done. I don't think it's there anymore, right?
1: Uh, it's gone. I think it's yeah, gone. Hil- oh,
2: shit, time. Hilton's yeah. gone too. Hilton's now the Westgate.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, is it really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, it's too bad. I yeah. really, really, as I said, it was one of my favorite projects, uh, and I loved the final final work it was great
0: what was your yeah. part a part in it what what did you do
1: so we shot the uh the screen that goes when you're on the enterprise mm. and you see the klingon come by and uh you know you're shooting phasers at it and they're shooting torpedoes at you that's the part that we did so all that was obviously cg believe it or not
2: uh, <laughs> made the photon then, torpedoes yeah
1: And so when we outputted it my department was the one that put it on actual film and it was on imax 65 millimeter film and back then we didn't have uh digital recorders back Mm. then it was crt recorders and that technology was basically a red filter a green filter and a blue filter and so it'd go red image it rotate to the green image it rotate to the red image it or red green and blue uh, and then each frame, I think, took, I want to say, two minutes, maybe four minutes each frame. To render? To, to to expose on the film. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Rendering, I don't even remember, to be yeah. honest with you. That was probably hours, too, because it was probably at least, a, a well, back then it was probably a 4K frame, a 4K <laughs> file that you exposed onto the film, uh, and then we didn't have disk drives back then that were big enough to hold the entire shot so we actually had to bring in disk drives uh calculate okay this is going to end i don't know friday at 2 a.m somebody else next has to come in and put in the next hard drive hook it up Uh. reboot the machine put in the next reel of film Start the next one.
2: You're working on old uh, 486s that you have to power with a crank. (laughs) Silicon (laughs) graphics,
1: pretty close. Yeah, the old SGIs.
2: That's really cool.
0: Nowadays, Uh, if someone were to want to get into your profession, would you suggest it or how would you go about advising them?
1: Yeah, see, I got out in 2013 when the company went under. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you saw if you saw life after Pi on YouTube that documents the ending of Rhythm and Hues Mm. and it was a bit controversial because we just won an Oscar for Life of Pi how in the world do you end up going into bankruptcy and 2012 was the biggest year we had we worked on all these huge projects and two of them we were nominated for a VFX award the other one was uh, Snow White and the Huntsman and then we won the Oscar for Life of Pi uh, and you just find out that the business model is broken. Uh, so anyhow, go go watch Life of Pi. That explains it all better than I ever could. Um, but at that point, I had to decide: okay, am I going to follow the work around li- the world?
2: Life after Pi.
1: Life after yeah. Pi. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. Sorry, <laughs> I'm with it. Uh,
1: so at that point, most people in, who want to stick with the industry have to make a choice that they have to move to Vancouver or london or india or australia new zealand to follow the work because it's Mm. now being offshored because it's cheaper to do so i have family i have roots in my community here so i decided okay i'm going to figure out something different so i ended up going into digital media project management eventually program management and worked at nfl fox ticketmaster and now i'm at sony Funimation, uh their streaming platform Mm. uh, anime streaming platform I gotta plug anime, right? Uh, (laughs) But But to answer your question, does it
2: help you have a million more people go watch Funimation anime like that? Of course. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) So if you like anime, there's a new place to get it.
1: (laughs) Customers, customers are good, and then we're doing this uh, this merge right now with with Crunchyroll, which is a huge thing, right? So we're
0: trying to we're, trying to, we're trying to
1: become streaming,
0: anime streaming platform online? That's
1: anime. Yeah. So we were competitors oh. and Sony Funimation came and bought and acquired Crunchyroll. And so now we're trying to merge the two, uh, brands together. And now we want to take on the Netflixes and the Disney pluses and, uh, be the anime streaming platform
2: until you get bought by Netflix.
1: Oh man, that would be huge. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that happening. Okay but well anyhow but to get back to your question what would i recommend to people who want to get into the industry i would tell them you better be prepared to live abroad mm. somewhat because the work is not necessarily here now i have to step back a little bit because a lot of it has opened up here because of netflix because of the hulus and the disney pluses mm. and the original content right apple plus is trying to get into it so all these places are trying to create their own content and they need a place to do the visual effects and the talent pool is not up to par with the rest of the world it's it's here in los angeles so what was happening was
2: the best digital animators and effects people are in la still is that what you're saying correct okay yes
1: yeah but you have to pay for it yeah right there's a huge cost so what was happening is a lot of these studios would outsource and offshore their work and then realized okay this shot is never going to get to where we need it to be and then they would bring it back to los angeles and pay massive overtime to a good artist to get it done and in the end do they end up saving money i don't know if they do
2: sounds like not yeah because you're paying for the crappy one first and then paying the good one in a rush yep when you could just pay for the good one to begin with
1: that's what you would think right so so hopefully that's the way it's working uh but it's a constantly evolving industry new technology i mean if you've watched the mandalorian yeah and they're they're doing uh live rendering on stage which is something we've i was never a part of right whenever we shot something you had to have a background plate a green screen plate uh your foreground plate uh lighting passes right so maybe five different uh elements per shot and now they just shoot it all on stage so the technology is definitely developed uh it's made it better and faster uh and changed really changed the game but I still think the best talent is still in Los Angeles
2: I, I can see we've got some awesome uh computer effects going on here because I can see Eric clearly but his background is on a different
0: plate <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, i cover the mess that's, that's real-time digital uh
0: <laughs> what was uh during your time as a visual fx is it, what were the titles that you held during that time uh like, let's see titles. i started
1: out as a scan record and timing coordinator so i was a lead scan record timing coordinator so i, I did the scan record right so shots were shot on negative back then so we had to scan it in we had to again color match uh make sure we're in the right color space right yeah uh and then on the flip side once we were ready to to see what it looked like on film we would put it back onto film using the laser or using uh film recorders and then we would be able to project it uh and then you'd be able to do feedback loops based on the film there's that and then color timing because when you brought a shot in um, it may have been shot different time of day uh, different lighting setup but we wanted it to color match so that in the scene even though you have several cuts it looks like it's all shot in the same room or on the same outdoor space so those are the things i did as a what scan record timing coordinator from there Mm -hmm. i went to the scan record supervisor so I supervised a, a a team that did that, and I was also being a producer because we would get requests in from uh, independent filmmakers. Yeah, and they would say, "Hey, I shot uh, this film. I sh- I put it on film, and I want to submit it to a um, a contest or a, a, a gosh, what are those called? Word escapes me. Competition." yeah competitions are festivals oh, right ah. I'm submit it to festivals and so I need it all on one camera reel I need to put it on this uh hard drive whatever the final media was so I would then uh price that out and I'd have to schedule it in and make sure we were covered for that and then finally moved up to the digital image resources manager where we added resource photography we added uh we had color timing um video editing so all these things you know came under my banner and then from there because i had all the uh, people doing these separate tasks i got to help out more with the software development on the product side and we had several tools that were all developed in-house so that i could give feedback hey uh my guys are having to do five clicks to to do this particular task. Can we just get a shortcut key? Yeah. And so I would get that queued up, and they would build that up, and I would say, "Oh, we save, I don't know, five seconds per click." And you add that up <laughs> over the course of yeah, a day, and weeks, yeah. and yeah, it it adds up. And one of the issues we had with visual effects is our, I want to say our our net profit margin was like. I don't know. It was like 4%. It was really, really low. Uh, So every, literally every second you could save on somebody's time was huge because uh, mm -hmm. labor was obviously our number one cost.
0: I see. Do you think if you kind of looked at Hollywood having the expertise here now, but did you at a time kind of see it was too uh, foreign, so much foreign intelligence uh foreign specialty on on cgi like did that kind of scare you for a time in that industry or anything did you think about it like that
1: i never thought it would get to the point where it was offshored almost 100 percent uh i thought they would at least keep the more complicated and and um the more complicated work and definitely the the bigger projects they would keep here in los angeles and the rest they would farm out because that was the original model and it worked really well but obviously when until you look at didn't. the bottom line
3: yeah, yeah
1: when you look <laughs> at the bottom line and the dollar amount then you say well why don't we just do instead of uh 20 offshore and 80 percent here why don't we flip it it'll be a lot cheaper we'll save money and it it is logical until you look at the final output with your own eyes and you realize wow they just they can't do what our artists here can do
2: because they don't know basketballs. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I was watching uh, the Condor Condor team. I think they're a video video FX. Uh, they're a YouTube channel that their team will sit down with other visual effects people and then go through a certain videos. So the one that I just watched, they broke down Shang Chi uh, mm-hmm. the the video FX that they did, and they had the. I think the guy that that runs the actual camera, the guy running with the gimbal and stuff. And then I think the other guy was, I think he... Why are you gonna bring up Asian stuff, man? <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> actually, that guy was black and then the guy running the camera was black. I think the uh, the guy, I forget, I think he's he would uh, splice in they would, they would have like a, the real, like a bus scene where uh, shang is jumping on the bus and fighting the other guys, but that was real. And then they had the green screen right behind that. So it was a, uh, a mixture of a full, full bus with the green screen behind it. And then the, I think the other white guy, I think he was white. I don't remember, but he would he <laughs> like would, how this got all racial, he, he would, <laughs> you started it. <laughs> so then he would cut the green screen stuff to mix the color space to match the bus exactly. Um, so yep. they, they would sit down and they broke, they would break down that movie and they do that, um, for many movies. Have you, have you seen that
1: channel? I think, yeah, I'm familiar with it where the, yeah, they go through, through different movies yeah. and, and break down the, what, what's going on. There,
0: there's one comment there I wanted to ask you about. The, his comment was, he said in Shang-Chi, it shows the, the product that came out was they let the visual effects people run that meaning Hmm. oftentimes you get managers and the money comes in and then they're like well we need to cut we need to cut money on this and uh we need to dictate what you could do so that fx guy said no we need this to make it look good and i guess they got the okays they got free range so Hmm. um in your perspective where you've been in the industry have you seen where cuts on certain film have caused the film to look really bad have you experienced that
1: well maybe not bad i i when i worked on uh, x-men 2 x2 mm-hmm. uh what's her name kelly who plays uh lady death strike and she has this fight scene with wolverine Hugh jackman
3: mm-hmm.
1: right and i remember watching the original uncut version and i'm watching this going and it was amazing it was fantastic and i said this is going to get a rated r rating wow there's no way this is going to be pg-13 and lo and behold they had to take a lot of that out in order to get the pg-13 rating like it was now, sure gory? It, it was yeah it was brutal okay wow. and so if you i think if you can get the uh the original disc on it the hard hard disc uh you can see the making of and you can see the uh the right. unedited fight scene and it's great it's it's well done but i knew from the get-go that that wasn't going to make it right into the final cut
0: oh huh, that's interesting i've i guess i've I didn't think about the PG 13. I, I, I'm such a grown up on X-Men. So when mm-hmm. the X-Men movies came out, I did have, I never correlated rated R uh, and rated PG 13. I've always thought the X-Men movies were too soft, but now yeah, maybe it was, it was for kids. Yeah. I didn't, I, it, yeah, didn't they, it didn't dawn on, on, onto me.
1: You learn really quickly when you're in the industry that the dollar is what drives everything, right? Yeah. Because I remember sitting there going, oh my gosh, really another Alvin and the Chipmunks? Really? <laughs> uh, and, and yet another Alvin and the Chipmunks? Really? But you look at the dollars, the money that they make, and oh. you're going to say, okay, yeah, I guess we're going to make another one. Wait, there's so did, money to be made.
2: Did you watch the uh, Shang-Chi movie? Of course, yes. What, what did you think of the special effects in that movie? The digital? I thought they're,
1: I, yeah, overall they're pretty good. I, I can't imagine how expensive that final sequence with the dragons were uh and the water oh that must have been so expensive and like the just in rendering and all that um but yeah i i thought it was it was beautifully shot uh visually it was stunning
2: should we go to an asian american context or should we stick with uh let's do it the digital <laughs> <laughs> does that movie mean anything for us asian americans so for our listening audience eric you look like you have Japanese heritage. Is that correct with your last name inference?
1: Yes. So okay. mom's Japanese straight from Japan. Born, raised, educated. Yeah. Dad is uh, from Hawaii.
2: Awesome. Yeah. So does Shang-Chi mean anything
1: for Asian Americans? I think so. I, I don't know. I wanted it to be as good as Black Panther. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so yep. Yeah. Okay. It was for maybe our, our black brethren, but, uh, Good.
2: <laughs> we haven't I, rallied I, around that
1: much. Yeah, is- by
0: by chance, I, I was uh, um, talking with two black friends recently, and I brought up Shang Chi, and I, my my thoughts on Shang Chi was they did fantastic on the uh, visual FX, they mm-hmm. did fantastic mm-hmm. on the fight coordination, the choreography. Chore-
1: choreography
0: choreography of that kung fuography yeah so i i feel like um (laughs) out of those things like there's certain movies you watch it feels for me i feel like i could point out oh it seems like they cut something some budget or something affected the quality of that Hmm. but in this case the visual effects the the fight scenes that seemed like it wasn't cut the only thing that i felt was the i felt like the story and the picking of the uh the the lead actress um i felt like it they they didn't pay as much attention to that, and it affected the story. I think the story was the number one. I think the way they portrayed the lead actress, the uh, female, the girlfriend of Shang. You're saying it needed a better story. They, they so, uh, there's there's Aquafina's a
1: Aquafina's character. Uh, Aquafina's character. I forget
0: her name. the <clears throat> The girlfriend of Shang. Yeah. her,
1: yeah. yeah. I can't remember her character's name, but yeah. played by Aquafina. Yeah. I felt they
0: they did a She's decent famous. job, but I I felt like it could have their, The storyline was number one. There was too many holes. There was a lot of holes. Uh, maybe I need to rewatch and see if, if if I missed something that would explain certain holes. Um, Like how how did Shane get all of a sudden the powers that was from the mom? Obviously, you could you could maybe guess that he absorbed the powers from his mom, but they never. There should be something to explain, explain that. Yeah. They, that that was a. I feel like a multi-million-dollar uh, like movie. They probably need to close up those gaps. <laughs> you no, know, but a story it's not going to sell tickets. I feel, I feel that when you spend that much more effort into a movie, you get enough people. There, there's going to be a subset of people that pay attention, and they voice their opinion to the others. So it's kind of like you gotta, you gotta affect the critics so that the commoners follow the critics.
2: We, we need you to be ranting and raving about this right now. <laughs> saying yeah. it's the most <laughs> amazing movie.
1: But I appreciate that because I know so many people who loved it, and I think they're just blinded by the fact that. It is an asian american superhero which is great don't get yeah. me wrong i think we, it was needed i was very surprised that that was what they picked like can you pick a more stereotypical superhero to start <laughs> yeah, with?
3: yeah yeah really? yeah
1: yeah can you do math also and play violin yeah exactly exactly right um when I- but ultimately yeah i didn't love it i love black panther and shang chi i didn't love i loved the bus sequence that was really really well done but one of my pet peeves is when they shoot stuff like that and they pull it in tight and they do multiple cuts like you you look at a movie like John Wick right Mm -hmm. they pull the camera out and you see Keanu Reeves is really kicking everybody's ass Mm -hmm. he's really doing this stuff he's really pulling that rifle out he's really changed he's changing the mag he's cocking it he's doing everything you're not. You're not doing what they did with uh, the Born Identity movies, yeah, right? Uh. Where you're just cutting it like crazy. So that was one of my big pet fees throughout the movie. Whenever there are fight sequences, they would pull in tight and they would do multiple cuts, like ah, I pull it out. Like Fred Astaire, Bruce Lee, these guys, you never, you would never do that, mm. right? Let them uh. be the artist. You're saying that
2: the edit- editing is creating the illusion that they're doing something amazing. Where you're saying if you pull it out, you can see somebody really doing exactly. the thing but
1: that that right. would be
0: also be on the directing side they would have had to have the uh they would have to plan that scene are am i saying that correctly so the director would have had to chosen a scene where they zoom out and you see all that action where they kept the camera pretty close is that what you're saying
1: yeah somebody made that creative yes. decision yeah. to say we want to crop this in but again the, the born identity trilogy did this throughout mm. we're going to do the shaky camera Oh, and I'm then fantasy cameras yeah right. and then we're going to cut in really tight here 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 and then your brain has to try and put this all together what's what's going on mm. i want to i want it panned out like you look at the it Mans with with uh donnie yen right everything is pulled out and you can see he's actually mm. doing all this mm. stuff
3: mm.
1: and you gain an appreciation for for what he's doing mm. Um, I
2: saw a John Wick movie on an airplane. I think it was a scene where he just killed some lady in a bathtub. And then he uh, has to escape the nightclub fortress. And he ends up uh, murdering 37 guys who are out to get him. (laughs) And then so I was on a plane and I was probably half asleep or something. But I rewound it. I'm like, I counted. He murdered 37 dudes that were trying to... (laughs) Yeah, I was like, this is impossible that none of these guys hit him. (laughs) So uh, I know it's super popular, but I... I lose my, I, I lose my suspension of disbelief when, uh, when one guy takes out 37 other armed gunmen. Well, uh, that's
1: how badass, <laughs> is. <laughs> yes. And that's the point. Well, but, I,
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, John Wick, uh, from my understanding that it's a, it's a, a man's movie. They don't, they don't care about the realism of it. Yeah. But yeah. for, yeah, yeah, I understand. I try to watch movies where I like it more when it feels like it's possibly real.
2: Well, I feel like I heal kill five or 10 guys, but come on, 37. <laughs> <laughs> Just, um, he can't be but, but,
1: but with, again with keanu reeves he is actually doing everything yeah right so when he again when he pulls that gun down and he's reloading you he is actually technically doing everything or when he's fighting a guy and he's he's doing all the movements he's actually doing all that stuff so there's, again you, you just appreciate what he's
2: there's there's the, youtube videos of him in like uh these combat schools where you're shooting oh yeah, at, yeah 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 he, he does the training to be competent with firearms and
1: right right yeah i watched that going man that guy's getting paid to do that
2: yeah
0: How awesome is that <laughs> wait so what did uh what did black panther have that shang chi did not so uh, while i was standing around the my two black friends and i was mentioning shang chi <laughs> and then as i was <laughs> up dude i asked them have i told them have, have have they watched it i'm curious on their opinion they said no so i explained kind of what i mentioned to you guys about i think it's just the storyline that was i mean if if America and Hollywood want to say that they gave Asian Americans a fair chance and that this is this is a little bit of my my perspective on it. I felt like Hollywood and America was saying, "Hey, Asian Asian Americans, you got your fair chance. This is your chance." Which they chose Shang-Chi and right. no, Asian Americans didn't choose that movie. It, it's 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 a financial situation. Oh. And it's a financial situation for them to make a movie and then and then later I, I don't know if it's Asian people, I think it's more just rich people saying, "Hey, Asians, you got your chance." That's what I. Oh, isn't this movie doesn't sell, so we can't waste more money on Asian yes, American movies. Yes. So I kind of explained my my perspective on how I thought the uh, choreography, choreography
1: choreography choreography
0: was great. <laughs> I told that to my black friends, and then they're like, "Oh, that's interesting, your stance on it." And they're like, "So it's not up to Black Panther." I was like, "Oh, so you guys thought that Black Panther did a pre pretty decent job on giving you guys a chance and they're like yeah we thought it was pretty fair so i was like oh that's interesting but a chance at what that is interesting to 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 where the storyline the acting the money actually gives a black person in as a leading role a fair chance to be this badass actor Mm. in a movie that's like i don't know if they have triple a rated movies i don't know how that in like the gaming world video games just sales whatever sells 100 200 million But they usually put in like a hundred and something million into producing that. So if they're going to put a hundred million something into Shang-Chi, I I wish that they would have done the whole enchilada, the storyline, everything, top grade actors and actresses and everything.
1: Well, they did have top grade. Yeah. They had Awkwafina. And well, here's my other pet peeve, right? Tony Leung plays the bad guy. He plays the dad. Tony Leung is one of the best actors of all time. Ah and I thought he was so wasted in this his talent was just not utilized fully I felt like they could have done so much more with him and and here's where again I'm not I'm not a creative writer at all but this is what I was imagining at the very end and I'm hopefully I'm not ruining it for anybody here
2: (laughs) you had a chance (laughs)
1: right at the end he's he's trying to get through that barrier he lets the you know the dragon ends up coming out um so before that his his son Shang-Chi is trying to tell him no stop you're gonna kill us all it's all a lie it's not really mom don't do it um and he throws Shang-Chi into the water and he he finally breaks through the barrier and here comes this dragon I would have imagined him going into that cave and then having this oh crap moment like Mm, oh they were telling the truth and I was fooled and then he turns around and he sees that dragon just absolutely wasting the entire village and turning around going what did i do mm. and then at that point that's the pivotal moment where he has to say i have to fix this this is all my fault and he goes back and he fights the dragon and then he ends up dying as the martyr right trying to save the village or save his son save his what sister in law whatever um that's what i felt like was missing and hmm. then where the heck did this good dragon come from right like <laughs> <plot> oh <laughs> right Shang-Chi, he's in the water oh no oh let's put a good dragon down there and it saves him
0: there's no story like, behind
1: well i guess yeah, they,
0: they they mentioned a protector in the beginning a yeah
1: but i again if it was me not a writer but i would have put like baby dragon with the mom mm-hmm. maybe when mm-hmm. they first t- started having that courtship time uh-huh right at least some illusion yeah, and then yeah. little baby dragon has a little intimate moment with uh yet to be born shang chi you know have yeah, some yeah. sort of connection there yep. D-
2: does that work in american movies to have the uh villain have full redemption right at the end D- or is that not in the american it depends.
1: formula it depends uh because there's a formula
2: it. that we can't uh that, you know it has to be a bad guy the hero has to get the girl Right, there's there's things that have to happen in American movies, right? Because like Chinese movies, the the romantic interests oftentimes will be unrequited, right? The, the the romantic loves will never connect and never get to get to be happy together. But in American movies, you have you have to get the girl, right? There has to be. Otherwise, we're all well, pissed in, off, right?
1: In, in Shang-Chi, they're just friends, right? There was no.
2: You got friend zoned. Uh, yeah, there was no romantic.
1: <laughs> connection between the two I, I, well, same, no, with, I, same with black panther right black panther there was no romantic
0: connection i would i would say in shang 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 chi that there was definitely a romantic interest between the two um they you think so i didn't think so i think i think definitely so but it didn't it wasn't as strong as most i would say most american movies that like it wasn't overt yeah. it was yes yes, yes yes it sounds like you guys are saying we need to
2: bring back the jackie chan and chris tucker movies <laughs> uh, the,
0: the, my personal gripe with that is <laughs> it okay, man, how do i the what, what the, what's the word' i'm emas- emasculation of men of Asian men? no, you kicked everybody's ass, but it's it's still he was still a clown, he wasn't a dominating yeah, player. he didn't he got the girls in some of the movies, but it it's never convincing you don't portray like in um
2: we need an alpha hero Asian.
0: Yeah,
1: like That'd be uh, all for that. Yeah, let's take who it. doesn't do kung fu necessarily.
2: Right? Yeah, like uh, Crazy Rich Asians. He's just rich. Uh, I, I haven't watched that. Actually. And good looking. Oh, you haven't
0: really? Yeah, wow. I haven't. Oh, you should, it's,
2: a, it's a breakthrough movie for Asian Americans. <laughs> I heard um, it wasn't,
0: so I decided not to watch it. This is why you don't you have know to Aquafina. It, though <laughs> you should support it. This is why you
2: don't know how amazing I is. I want to support something if it's
0: <laughs> if it's good, but if it's unfairly uh given praise then i don't i feel like i don't want to support it i i totally agree i understand where you're coming from you're All not right.
2: buying movies anyway you son of a bitch you're stealing <laughs> them off the internet It's <laughs> <laughs> not <Isn't> everybody
0: <laughs>
2: you're not
1: supporting shit if
2: you're stealing it
0: i could talk about it on a podcast that's very asian of you <laughs> <laughs> So take, is it Chris Evans, Captain America? Is that Chris Chris yes. Evans? He's the uh-huh. stereotypist,
2: uh, strong white dude. Yeah, Yeah. so you, you, <laughs> I
0: never get that feeling with Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan would never be that strong male figure that gets a woman like Chris Evans. Now, right. Jackie Chan has movies where he gets women, but it's not the same at the same caliber yeah. of yeah. Chris Evans. So That's
2: why you got to watch Crazy Rich Asians. He's the dude everybody wants.
0: Oh, okay. He portrays... Okay, I, I did not know, I did not hear that yeah. side of it.
2: I mean, I think that's a good thing too, of all these uh, Korean productions coming onto Netflix. I don't know if you guys noticed. True. Oh yep. yeah, yeah. But you're gonna see a lot of lead Asian male, romantic, you know, heartthrob, hunky, like I want that guy with the bowl cut. Yeah, that's <laughs> 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 that same night but I was. They pop- make it look cool. <laughs> they pull, <laughs> they, it they pull it off. Pull it off south korea is is bringing in the bowl cut strong i know
1: <laughs> i got bullied left and right for having a bowl cut.
0: <laughs> what do you mean? He wrote, uh, he wrote in his uh, bio oh really What's to talk about the... dude I, I
3: could
2: tell our listening audience that eric's haircut right now is badass like <laughs> oh I got, thank you i got I just distracted earlier i missed your uh color space joke because i was checking out your hair like this is awesome hair <laughs>
3: this
0: is a, I, I need to do this <laughs> um so what'd you say uh the oh the korean thingy i want to jump to that so while i was talking to my black my uh, black friends that night by chance his (laughs) you gotta throw squid games in their face like you can have wakanda bitches we they kind of brought it up (laughs) then and then then his daughter came downstairs to eat at at the barbecue and his i forget how the conversation came up i was talking about chang chi and asian stuff and then he said oh my daughter's really into korean k-pop yeah And so he had her put on YouTube blast the speakers and it was just K-pop music for, for like probably 30 minutes. But at that moment for me, that was a moment where I kind of felt like that Jackie Chan, the cool thing that Jackie Chan didn't get the cool thing of this little girl. She was, uh, I think 13 or 12, 13 years old. She was really enjoying these K-pop male bands. So she yeah. wants to get with Korean dudes with purple hair. I didn't ask that oh. <laughs> that specific or blonde, question. Or blue. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, that was something growing up. Like when Jackie Chan and Jet Li, Bruce Lee, yeah, martial arts was like a pretty badass thing. But at the same time, I would be, kind of be made fun of by other white friends. They're kind of like, "Oh, so kung fu is really cool with your culture, huh?" I'm like, "Why do you got to play yeah. like that?" And then they would, then they might say something like, oh, so does Kung Fu include Ching Chang Chong? I'm like, "No, oh, that's a language. It's different than the, uh, <laughs> that's Chinese. <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Bruce Lee, Jet Lee, Jackie Chan didn't bring that cool factor that K-pop seems to have. Even though I, I, I kind of, K-pop's kind of an interesting, I mean, it's not, it's barely... not exactly
1: masculine. Yes. Either, yes. Right?
0: Yes.
2: Well, we, we have a generation that's grown up on anime and korean music right mm-hmm. is that true uh,
1: Crunchyroll, crunchy roll right mm-hmm. so that's super and popular because,
2: yep. yeah because young people are into it is that is that the basic yeah language? apparently
1: and as they grow up they're gonna get jobs and hopefully they keep their subscriptions <laughs> I,
2: i'll tell you this guys uh whenever i see i mean so i'm, I'm half vietnamese i have to disclaim for our audience <laughs> i'm half vietnamese but uh when people look at me they're just confused so i, 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 I get this <laughs> I get this strange role of not, uh, you know, n- not enjoying or suffering any Asian stereotypes right out the gate, you know, um, but I, I understand it and I, I live in it, you know, in, in certain ways. But anyway, I was out at uh, Zion national park and, uh, I always notice when, uh, when an Asian dude is with a non-Asian woman
0: and Especially uh, a, like a white woman too.
2: Yeah. Cause uh, the idea being that in, in America there's a huge disadvantage for being an Asian guy for getting, for getting, getting dates, right. To getting mm-hmm. chicks, right. There's sure. it's, it's, it's harder for Asian dudes. So there was, there's three, three instances where I saw Asian dudes with uh, non-Asian uh,
0: American women. And I was like, you go brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, sh- I mean, I share that. I mean, in the dating scene, I've, I, I for me, I feel like I was fortunate to date uh, a, lack of better words a buffet different different uh, ethnic types <laughs> <laughs> sorry you're taking so, all the uh, I, intellectual. I, I didn't that word coming up <laughs> so you know <laughs> dated uh, women In, of international buffet if you will. <laughs> international <laughs> of di- uh, different skin Allard. colors <laughs> and um, but when i do see an asian guy with with uh someone that uh, other than asian i definitely root for because it's it's a mixture that whether it's the e- emasculation of asian men in america where it's harder for asian men to get women i think because women don't v- because of movies the history of whether uh i don't know if you call it history or culture
2: yeah their 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 brain is hooked on prince charming and a quarterback and these these kind of you know i want thor yeah. right yeah. Like, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. These sort of things that's what
1: masculine looks like yeah exactly
0: yeah. so yeah but, i
1: mean to that point i mean i i have uh a colleague who said something to me that that is stuck with me and said sometimes you have to be the role model you wish you had mm. and i really like that right and so i don't want to say i'm the the uber alpha male by any means but mm. you know i i took martial arts as a young kid because that was my problem solution for being bullied right and I happened to do well in it uh competed internationally won a few titles uh and so when it comes to playing basketball or football or soccer and I got bullied all the time on the playing field Mm. but you just realize real quick when you hit them back they stop bullying you real quick because they bleed just as much as you do and they feel pain just as much as you do and all of a sudden you find a different level of respect at that level, uh, at that point. Wait,
2: uh, wait. So tell us more. You were in grade school and you were getting bullied for being Asian? Is oh, that- yeah.
1: Because I was one of maybe a handful of Asians in the entire school. You in LA? Was or always, you at- I was up by San Francisco at this point. Okay. Grew up in the Bay Area. You're in the Bay Area. Okay. Yeah. Always one of the smallest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even then, amongst the girls, I was still one of the smallest. Then at did my, you do Aikido
2: or Taekwondo? or? What I did the-
1: American Kenpo.
2: American Kempo, okay.
1: So Sorry. if you're not familiar with that, the Grandmaster of American Kempo, great senior Grandmaster is what he called himself, uh, we called him, uh, Ed Parker. <laughs> right? Ed Parker is the one, or known as the uh, the father of American karate, ah. started the internationals. Uh, he was the one who let Bruce Lee have his demo at the Long Beach Internationals. Mm. Right. So that's Ed Parker. And yeah. I got my black belt from him Maybe five, six months before he passed away. Mm. Uh, so I'm probably one of the last to get a black belt from him. Yeah, um, and just the the whole martial arts—I want to call it a family—because it's one of the few places where I remember being at a tournament and looking around, and this is from my peoples, right? right? The whole martial arts thing is is from my peoples, and yet I'm looking <laughs> around going. <laughs> I'm like the only Asian here. Uh. <laughs> right? It's a really funny picture, uh. but with that, it's such a tapestry because I'm talking to people who are white, Hispanic, Black, right, male, female, kids, adults, seniors, and we're all in this place and just hugs and love and admiration and respect. everything. and kicking. The and then yes, the so eventually <laughs> when we get in, we compete, right? And we're competing hard, <laughs> and we take each other's head off. But it's no different than like two puppies uh, mashing at each other and, and gnawing at each other. And then when it's at the end, they're exhausted and they they take a nap together and eat out of the same bowl. Right. Uh. So we're doing the same thing. And I'm like, man, we we fight, we compete, and at the end, we embrace. And it's one of those things I remember growing up watching boxers like you just spent two hours trying to kill the other guy and now you're hugging him. I just don't understand that yeah now i do now i do like you train hard and some of these people i would train with them and then we go to a tournament and you end up competing against each other and you want to do your best and if the other guy wins great because i know i brought my best and that other person still beat me and i am happy for them
2: eric if you punch me in the kidneys it's going to take me a couple days to (laughs) to be cool with you again
1: (laughs) Uh,
2: i want to congratulate you letter by email (laughs)
1: so anyhow yeah the whole martial arts thing um i i get it it's stereotypical but at least for me it it was a seed and it was something that that culminated and it's a lot of who i am and i bring it onto the playing field whether i'm playing soccer or basketball or football and, and all those places or even you know walking in the street and somebody bumps into you like uh, do I really need to to take this to a different level? Uh, probably not. It's not my, worth my time. Well, but if he did step up, yeah. like, I know I'm ready. I know I can take it there. If he really wants to go there, but yeah. I really don't. I really don't.
2: You no, know, there's a difference of being scared of an aggressive person versus stopping yourself from punching them in the throat. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's there's a different. That's a different world for that person, right? Either oh god, you know I'm a victim and I got to run and hide, or. I got to control myself i gotta i could take this guy's head off but i'm not going to because legal things (laughs) and i'm not not here to punch anybody in the face i want to i want to be happy but i think what you're saying is that there's importance for the self-esteem and importance for the confidence to
1: absolutely have the ability right right and just the the aggressive you know you can it's it's a controlled aggressiveness hmm. right especially if you're on the basketball court or football whatever the sport is right you can I can control that aggressiveness and if somebody feels like they want to push you around because they think you can then you realize well no i i can meet that i can i can exceed it if you want to but again i don't want to have to go there and you know are we cool are we good and and we play and have fun
0: i'm not i'm not sure if you already answered this but was it a conscious decision to do kempo as a self-defense thing because of the bullying or was it
1: so here's the story behind that one, right? So my dad raised me to be a problem solver, right? So when I was telling him this is what was going on at school, he would basically say, well, what are you going to do about it? And <laughs> That's good
2: parenting. <laughs> so yeah. Uh,
1: so for me, my source of wisdom was the television, yeah. right? I would go to the TV and I, I'd go, okay, well, what am I going to do? And at that point, the only person that looked like me that was on the TV was... so i said okay there's a guy who charismatic commands respect everybody loves him doesn't matter who everybody respects him that's what i want to do that's what i want to be so i told my parents um we didn't have mad money and we didn't have commercial places on the street so my mom took me to the local ymca and i just happened to find an instructor who raised me up Kind of like a second dad right we, that's the type of mentoring and, and mm. coaching he provided me we had an assistant instructor who had become like an older sister or a young aunt type mm-hmm. role model so i had that as well it was just an amazing atmosphere and environment to grow up in uh, in a place where we trained together trained hard then we go to tournaments and support one another bring home medals and and talk story and it's it when you train with people and you say okay I am going to put my life basically in your hands treat it, my life and my body with respect and do the same the other way and you realize at certain points wow that guy held back he really could have destroyed me with that shot <laughs> he
3: could have but I my know spine. he did it
1: yeah but I know he didn't And i have to respect that like i will show like hey thank you for controlling that shot you could have totally taken me out much respect
0: let's do this again
1: right and that's that's how we play it uh and you just realize who has that uh had that level of of respect for themselves and for others and then in the same token you will come across the cobra kai types you will come across people who We'll take advantage of the fact that oh, you are vulnerable at this point. I am going to sweep the leg. I am going to hit you uh, in in the kidney that I just hit you out before because I know you are going to be bleeding, peeing blood for a little bit. I'm going to keep hitting you there. No mercy. There are people like that. Yeah, and you just realize, uh, okay, when I get in front of that person, I'm just going to stay away, and I'm just I know you're going to get frustrated, uh, and that's the game we're going to play. Yeah. because so, I need to go up and go to work the next morning.
2: So, so I, you know, ideally we want a world where race is not important, right? We want, we want to get to a place where, where we mm-hmm. just see each other as human beings and we respect each other for your actions and your accomplishments. And, but are, are you guys saying that you grew up in a world where that was so much of how people viewed you and treated you that it is impossible to, to have, to have dis dissociated that in your upbringing? It was so, you know, that you're so much in that ocean that you can't not breathe yeah, yeah, that yeah. water. It's,
1: it's a bit of both. It's, it's a bit of how other people's view you. And it's also how you view yourself, right? So if you never see a version of yourself on the television and you realize nobody else has seen that either, mm-hmm. or the version that they see is the long duck dong or, you know, the, the short round. From, oh, like it was hilarious. Right. That's okay. all they see. Like that's what they expect of me. Yeah. And I'm saying I'm not having none of that. Right, yeah. I'm going to step into the room, shoulders back, head high, all five feet five of myself. Right, yeah. not very tall, but that's okay. Like I am going to put myself out there and bring my best every time, and I want to compete with everybody in the room. So then, no then the
2: smart way to look at that is it to say that there it takes an extra effort to break those stereotypical views to to not succumb to the way people are looking at you, but
0: then to present something new. I and, would uh, so. Uh, I'll answer your question. Let me just give some backstory for Eric to understand me. Uh, so I lived in, I grew up in Santee, which is predominantly all white. So I was probably out of 2000 students at a 2000 students at a high school. I was probably one out of, uh, 15 Asians there. And, uh, I felt my person, I'm five foot two, but my personality is hella strong. I, at that time <laughs> I was, I was like 115 pounds. I bent or 120, I forget. I was benching 220 pounds. So I was, oh, dang. yeah, I was, nice. I was very strong. I was very confident in myself when it came to pull up competitions or, uh, push up competitions. I double did anybody <laughs> that close the second rank person. I outdid them by double, uh, it nice. was just, I held my weight, but. I feel bad for the other Asians at that school, where the other Damn. fourteen. Right. My voice, I hope, is strong enough to help them. Mm. So, um, uh, to answer your question, am I am I held back from those situations? I had a very strong personality to fight to to overcome and not let it too negatively affect me. Yeah. But I feel bad for the other fourteen. I don't know how to fix that. Yeah. I was I was battling trying to handle that situation just barely overcoming it those yeah, 14 yeah. i i feel bad for them
2: so then was karate kid good for asian americans or not because there wasn't an asian in the movie right well
1: yeah mr miyagi <laughs> oh yeah mr miyagi <laughs> the who was who was right he was your quintessential mentor type right yeah uh, i think everybody would love to have a, a mr miyagi in their lives but yeah
4: give me again, a car
1: yeah to your point like not exactly Mm
4: -hmm.
1: macho or uh masculine
2: yeah in that sense yeah so uh do we do we want macho masculine or do we want attractive because i would say that bts could be heart throbbing teen sensations but not necessarily masculine
1: right correct yeah i i want balance yeah right i understand how to, to me it's like every single asian male that's on the screen tends to be gay and okay what? i understand no. that there are, right i understand that there are gay asian males but i want balance right For if you're going to just put that out there then let's let's have it an alpha oh so you're saying in male.
2: in popular entertainment we would like more portrayals of masculine asian men absolutely Okay. I'm in with that. I'm down with that.
0: I was actually just for fun uh, to argue. I'd rather pick the sexy side. If men can be, uh, portrayed as a, as a sexy partner for women of all well, mainly, I guess I'll say white women because that seems to be the problem here in America. White women will not choose, uh, an Asian man, probably nine out of 10 times or more, or worse. Right. Right. Um, so I think sex seems to drive everything, money and sex, but in this case, yeah, Yeah. So if, if we could portray (laughs) Asian men, more sexy somehow, (laughs) that would, that would potentially fix the next generation. Cause if you have Asian men, uh, having babies with white women, you're going to get, you're going to get the next generation. That's okay with that. If that makes sense.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I'd love to see like an Asian James Bond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Why couldn't you have that?
0: Yeah. Asian Captain America. Sure. Like everybody's doing to make oh. sense. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, it does. Well, yeah, how? How?
2: Because America is everybody. America is well, anybody. That yeah, comes exactly. Here. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah. in other I words, yeah, Captain America should be Filipino.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a white Captain America came from uh, England or Ireland or whatever, right? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, unless you want Native American Captain. Yeah, America. it should be a Native American. Oh, it should be Captain America. Really wouldn't make ah,
1: sense. Ah, I uh, like that.
2: Yeah. That would offend everybody on Earth simultaneously, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yet be so true, especially if identified exactly. as a woman. <laughs> Do we want to uh, segue this Asian stuff into your AAPI stuff? Or, so you're doing, mm-hmm. are you're working with? Uh, is it stop AAPI hate? Is that what you're working with? That is it, or or maybe I maybe I looked it up on the internet and accidentally <laughs> connected you two. Um, what are you doing for for I AAPI hate? AAPI?
2: No no but no the, you tell us
0: because <laughs> we're clearly lost
1: <laughs> no i i think well i think we're all should be standing for any type of hate right we should mm-hmm. get rid of all of that mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I, I just think to a certain degree i feel like we're easy targets because we're passive we don't fight back right that's the, again what's portrayed in media mm. um, we're soft
2: Wait. So AAPI is Asian American Pacific Islander. Is that the correct acronym? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we. What are you doing? Uh, I guess that's the question. What are you doing? Are you doing something that's anti-Asian American hate? Is that what you're? Is that what Lim's alluding to?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm doing anything specific. Okay. Okay. I thought uh, I,
0: I read on your profile. Yeah. I, I could be mixing it up. Totally. So totally sorry. Let's. <laughs> you haven't started uh, a I mean,
2: nonprofit I, foundation. I, that, I do
1: have a nonprofit foundation, but it doesn't have to do with AAPI hate. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay, got got okay. So this. Um, is, so. Okay, but in ahead. terms of API, yeah, and really bipolar, right? uh black, indigenous people of color, mm. um, my thing is again, I, I'm I'm really into this being competitive with anybody and everyone, right? Mm. I want to be able to step into any room and be competitive financially, professionally, financially, or did I say that right? professionally financially? <laughs> yeah, if you got the uh, most money, you win. <laughs> and physically, right? So across the gamut. Um, Now, if you step up against like Elon Musk or uh, Jeff Bezos, are you going to win financially? Probably Uh. not, right? But did you do more with where you started from compared to where you are now, right? Have you leveraged? Have you increased? um, Have you done, you know, where are you uh, physically, right? Are you taking care of yourself or are you just a fat, out of shape slob? Mm. Right. So these are the things that I'm I'm really passionate about. And so for me, one of the main foundations is going to be financial, right? Can you compete financially? That doesn't mean you are going to have the same net worth as a Bezos or Musk. Yeah. But have you done anything to leverage your position? Have you increased your position? So for me, that has been real estate investment. And so Mm. I, I found out that there are a lot of people who, mainly, again, Asian American, Pacific Islanders, whose parents or grandparents didn't own a home, right? They came in as immigrants, had nothing, and they didn't have any generational wealth. Same with people of color, right? They just haven't had the opportunity that and generational wealth that other people have had. Well, I didn't write the rules. The rules weren't written by people who look like me or us, but we're in this game. Let's figure it out. Let's compete. Let's do this. So mm. I, I'm trying to coach and help people to be able to start real in, real estate investment. Uh, let's buy real estate. Let's figure out how to um, increase our net worth and let's be competitive financially.
0: I second that motion. Is it a, Is it a financial coaching practice that you do or... Uh, how would you describe uh, are, how would they contact you also
1: well you can go to my facebook right uh, you're going to have to spell it out though unfortunately <laughs> so it's, yeah eric with the k dot akutagawa right a k u t a g a w a so i'm on facebook uh, you can just dm me if you dm me with ll for the show you know i'll reach out and we'll we'll talk but to answer your question i want to coach people look there's a lot of people who are sitting there going i will never be able to buy a house i will never be able to buy a real estate investment because i don't have enough cash yeah and they stop right there they are blocked it's expensive and i'm saying it is expensive but i'm saying let's figure out other ways let's be creative about it let's uh so i i coach what what's called the 4p breakthrough program yeah when right? you steal land
2: from whitey
0: <laughs>
1: yeah no take it back for the native americans <laughs> yeah. so we go through the four p's right number one is your problem or your predicament let's figure that out what why are we in this situation what's the problem you have what's the predicament number two is your purpose
3: hmm.
1: what is driving this like what's the whole point is it just to make money is it just to build an empire yeah yeah money because money. if that's yeah, if that's the case, then maybe we're not—we won't work that well together. Because I want to find people who are, um, well, I have three kids and um, we're renting, and I have no idea how I'm going to put them through college. I have no idea how uh, we're going to give them any generational wealth. See, that is a purpose that is beyond themselves, and I love that. Wow. I want to help that. or other people who uh, I want to start a nonprofit. Uh, I want to, you know, they want to do something that that is bigger and greater than just creating an empire shit right (laughs) so that's that's the second p third p is what's your plan right we have to figure out a plan and from your plan comes your strategy there's different strategies you can play out some people are doing the airbnbs that's not my thing it might be yours Uh, and i have reasons to do mine and you might have reasons to do yours right
2: people are using airbnb as a path to uh,
1: personal wealth correct okay they yep. are.
2: Do you have to own the place first before you start Airbnb
1: Not necessarily. There are oh. ways around that. Yeah. Oh, I'm an
2: Airbnb, somebody else's house.
1: So we can talk about that. Uh-huh. And then the final one is your partners, right? Who's your team? Who's on your team? Can you trust them? I have a team that I work with and I trust them, use them several times. Uh, if you're in a different geographical area or you have a different strategy, that's fine. Um, and if you can't find somebody that you can trust to be part of your team, maybe you can contact mine and use that network and start there because I know I can trust my team.
2: Okay. So you have a coaching program to get people into real estate investing uh, generational wealth. Mm-hmm. I think I understood that correctly. Okay. I'm in. Yes, sir. And so I go find Eric Akutagawa on Facebook Yep. and I'm going to DM you and you're going to tell me all the secrets.
0: DM me LL and we'll talk. I'll put the link in the video descriptions below. Oh, thank you sir. I mean, you got you got to beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then so is it, it is it usually I mean it's it's the gamut from people that don't have any money, someone that has a pretty decent career that doesn't know what to do with the money. I mean, you're any I mean even outside of AAPPI like you are you taking clients? Um,
1: I'll take, yeah. Whoever is in a place where they could utilize the service, absolutely. I'm just trying to reach out to those who are in this situation where they feel like they're stopped, they're blocked,
2: right? No, you don't have to be um, Asian. You can contact Eric.
1: Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't discriminate. I'm just saying, <laughs> Yeah, you know, as a people group, don't have a whole lot of generational wealth there. May not even have the knowledge or the experience anywhere within yeah within there maybe their parents scraped together and bought a house and that's it they never thought about extending beyond that yeah
2: Um, well so is it better to uh say in a in a broader sense so any immigration group right any group that just immigrated here can't possibly have a head start right you're literally you're showing up in america and getting started right
1: so unless you have an empire back home Mm. that's true some rich people do yeah. come to U.S. Yeah. yeah
2: but so then to me is it just rich and poor i mean either you got
1: money or you don't i think it's more along the lines of those who aspire or believe that they can do more mm. than what they where they are right now yeah and i think that's so powerful right a lot of us think that and this is part of my story too right i graduated college I went to engineering I was an engineer for a while then got this job in the visual effects industry oh I'm in entertainment this is great uh this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life that was that's a complete fallacy right obviously the the company went into bankruptcy I was unemployed for I believe seven months got a job at a startup was unemployed nine months later because of a reorg got a job at the NFL oh man I'm at the freaking NFL Right, oh, yeah. I'm seeing football players and you know walk around and you see what like six foot five of pure muscle and speed looks like like holy smokes these guys are huge
2: they're gigantic right? dudes yeah
1: yes absolutely and i absolutely loved it there right but uh what five seven months later I was laid off again because of another reorg.
3: Mm.
1: right they bring me back five months after that one-year contract okay finish up the year Then I'm unemployed for another 11 months. I have interviews with like Amazon and Facebook, like all these top places. Yeah. Finally end up at Fox. Okay, here's Fox. They're not going anywhere. Oh, but Disney comes in and acquires Fox. So uh, we don't need you anymore. Mm. So now I'm out again, finally end up at Ticketmaster. I'm at Ticketmaster for over a year. Things are going great. Talking about promotion and all this stuff. Mm. And then COVID comes in. And of course with covid yeah. there's no live events at all right no live events then there's yeah. no business so they lay off 75 percent of their business i might like, go there fortunately i ended up at sony funimation which is streaming and streaming has blown up because yeah. of the pandemic so it's the opposite we have growing pains but anyhow if you look back at my employment or unemployment history <laughs> right unemployed six six times out of seven years through no fault of my own and in fact one of the vps i worked under told me point blank after i got let go he said it's not your performance you were great it's just business yeah but fortunately since i had invested in real estate several years before the first unemployment right that real estate investment really carried us through and I've added more since then and so all these subsequent unemployment periods yeah they're uncomfortable but um, I couldn't imagine having done it without the real estate investments that we had so for us when I say us my wife and I and my family it's not so much that all oh, we're, we're again building the empire we're crazy rich asians were crazy <laughs> rich type of thing
2: you just want some security in a in us, absolutely world,
1: yeah. absolutely so then at ticketmaster there i had coworkers there who had been working there for like 25 years yeah and this was their first and only job and now they were out of work and they had no idea what they were going to do yeah but and i think so your, I,
2: your story you just told is really illustrative in that uh, when I was, when I was a kid, you know, people say you, you get your education and get a good job, but there's more to it. It's not just get a good job and you're making good pay and then you don't have to worry as long as you show up. There, there's an element of that. If you got a good job, you can show up and you got your paycheck. Um, but then you've just told us how, how easily that can get derailed. And in your case, a crazy amount of times in a short number of Absolutely. years. Absolutely
1: that life that I guess maybe our parents had, where you worked at the same company or the same industry for 30 years yeah. and you retire with the golden watch, that no longer exists, yeah. right? You just don't have that anymore. So you have to have, and it sounds so cliche, but other streams of income, you have to have other places where you are going to bring in money to put food on the table yeah. or to put your kids to college, whatever the, the case may be. Uh, right. I, I just don't see any other way people do it.
0: I like it. Uh, what's kind of a, maybe stories that you could tell clients that you worked with in, in your line of work with this, uh, with house investment and whatnot. Like, do they come with you, come to you and tell you that they, are you just buying houses or what are you doing?
1: Well, for me, yes, I bought homes for long-term rentals. Yeah. That's my strategy. Part of, well, that's part of my strategy, I should say. Um, so, a lot, some people like to do the short-term rental game, mm. but for me, since I'm working full time, I have family, I have run a nonprofit, so my time is scarce. I was running a karate class for a little while, mm. so for me, I didn't want uh, a lot of time mm-hmm. spent. So, for me, with the long-term rentals, any a typical month. I basically do nothing other than pay my bills at the end of the month.
2: Yeah. So they're going to call you, they call you if the water heater breaks, right?
1: Right. If they have an issue, I usually get a note with a quote from my property manager and I just say, okay, or maybe, (laughs) maybe I talk to my, yeah, or I talk to my property manager and like, ah, is there a way we can limp it along or, you know, is there anything else we can do? And, you know, we figure out other solutions.
2: Oh, because you don't want to replace the whole roof right now.
1: Maybe not. <laughs> right? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe you know. Maybe we find out, Hey, the lease is going to end up in in two months. Can we limp it along for two more months, and then they move out, or are they going to renew? Right? The, yeah. There's a there's a lot of different angles that you can go at this.
2: Okay, so for our for our listeners, are we saying uh, you know you you get started in life, you might have to rent a place to live. Renting sucks because you're just paying an expense. You don't own anything. If you can get to where you can own a property, now you're not paying rent, you're paying your own mortgage so that you're getting some equity in that property and yep. you're if you if you own property, your net worth is going to go up.
1: Yes. Uh, well, if, especially in California.
2: Yeah, so you're going to you're going to gain wealth by getting into the property game. And I've said that many times that your primary residence is the number one way that normal Americans can can gain some wealth, right? So the number yes. one way you can get ahead is if you can figure out how to get into your primary residence and own right. it. Mm-hmm. So that's great. And then are you talking about if you can figure out how to, to get your second and third properties and rent it to other people, mm-hmm. now you're, now you're becoming the landlord, right? You're not, yes. you're right. not working 40 hours a week. You're owning stuff and other people are paying you
1: to live in your property. Right? Right. So at the basic level, like I try to tell people this uh real the main real estate philosophy that i have at least is yeah. what's the easiest way to we'll just say a million dollars right nice round number Yeah. yeah what's yeah. the easiest way to make a million dollars in 30 years well i borrow a million dollars from the bank 30-year term but then i have somebody else pay off the loan for me mm. and in return i give them a nice place to live and that's really all I'm doing. So at the end of 30 years, mm. I should have a million dollars tax-free, really. Right. Right. All the gains that I... Because all they're doing is they're paying down my loan every month.
2: That's a great way to look at it, yeah. Right.
1: And it's... Everybody says, oh, you're just going to be a slumlord. No I, no, I want people... I I have had... I've had families. I've had uh, uh, medical students, um, young lawyers, right? I've had a gamut of... of uh, tenants, and I just harken back to when I was renting. Like I just wanted a nice place to live while I gained footing. Right? It, yeah. We were young married and we weren't making a whole lot of money, but give us a nice place to live.
2: Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think you're a slumlord unless you're taking advantage of the people that are renting from you, right? If you're if you're screwing them over or or providing something oh. that's not a nice place to live, uh, and you could be doing a lot better. Then that that describes a slumlord to me. I don't think you're a slumlord for being a landlord and for owning stuff and, like you said, giving people a nice place to live. Oh, do we do we lose Eric? Are we on a Zoom? Uh, we'll see. Or, um, we'll see if our connection comes back. And then I'll have to remember to pin him just in case. Repin, yeah. He <coughs> looks good in this frozen frame, though. <laughs>
0: Check to see if our internet's still connected here. Uh, oh, all right. All right. I think we. Oh, I see you. Hello. Oh, now I hear you. Okay. Got okay. him okay. back.
2: Yeah. I don't know what happened there. Sorry, we lost connection.
0: Okay, so <laughs> Emmett was saying how he doesn't think you're some slum lord if <laughs> if, if, if you're just giving people a place to stay. Yeah, yeah i want to
1: give people a nice place to live i take care of it uh whenever something breaks i try to take care of it as soon as possible um
2: yeah because i've rented a lot of places in a lot of times in my life i mean it wasn't a slum lord i just needed a i needed an apartment or i needed a place mm-hmm. to live and so we rented we used to rent a house in uh, utc and uh it wasn't anything amazing but you know it was four bedrooms and we paid the rent and they
0: they let us live there. So it was exactly, let me play devil's advocate on both of you guys. I don't, I don't think the person who asked, who mentioned that you're a slumlord meant this, but is it, is (laughs) we keep repeating it. People are going to think he's a (laughs) slumlord. All right. Slumlord one and slumlord two. So it is, is two, is two homes, a non-scalable situation for any economy, meaning if you have two homes and you're renting out the second one, is that a non-scalable thing in America?
2: Oh, we can't all own two homes. Cause then who would rent them? Yeah. Do you need to repin this or is it good? Uh, I'll repin it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So can everybody own two homes? Yeah, I think
1: so. Cause you're always going to have people who can only rent for one reason or another. Yeah. Maybe they're only here for a few years and then they're going to go back to a different country or a different okay. part of a different state. Um, they're young families and they they have babies now, but the babies are going to grow, so they will need a bigger place. So they don't want to buy a place. Uh, there's various reasons. Uh, or maybe they work in, in visual effects and they, they don't have a <laughs> solid job, so it could blow up at any moment and they would have to move back to wherever they were from. So there's various reasons. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Emmett, you want to give you an answer to that at all? What was the question? The, uh, is it scalable? Should everyone own two homes?
2: Um, I think what we're kind of approaching then is you have to be an ambitious person, right? The average person. Is going to buy whatever home they can afford and uh, buy an 80 inch TV and subscribe to all the television shows and watch all the television <laughs> shows and eat all the food and go out to eat and uh, put stuff on the credit card and buy a nice purse. And I'm gonna drive BMW because it feels great. And then I gotta get it detailed, you know, twice a week because you, you don't have a dirty ass BMW. <laughs> so is it, are you a spender? Are you spending every dollar you got or are you a person that? uh aspires to something more right so eric clearly has a plan to how do i how do i gather more wealth right how do i how do i honestly and by the rules of this system you know how do i win this game
1: and yeah and i think the the first step is not to take the money you make from your job and then go buy the tv and go buy the car instead you take that money and you buy an asset mm-hmm. and that asset grows and then you take that money and buy your tv and you buy your car Right. So now the, the asset continues to roll. It continues to grow. But if you just buy the the TV or the the car straight out, you have nothing growing.
2: All right, Eric, how much is this uh, good looking t-shirt you're wearing?
1: I have is, no idea. Is, is this is a fifty dollar t shirt. No. <laughs> I I to be honest, I buy all my clothes on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I, even, I need a, a certain type of shirt. I just put a uh A search for it, yeah. And when it comes up under, let's say, I want to pay twelve bucks. Okay. So if it comes up under twelve dollars, okay, that looks good. I'll I'll buy it.
2: You you're bidding your t-shirts on eBay in an auction format. I don't even
1: bid it. I don't even bid it. I just (laughs) wait until it it comes up as buy it now, and or I'll make an offer like, oh, this guy wants twenty. I'm going to offer twelve, and if he doesn't like it, or I'll I'll go to um, I'll go to uh, thrift shops a lot too excellent right nice. so you buy like a 50 dollars shirt like i just i was I trying to catch gotta, you spending but <laughs> this, this is, i'm so happy about this um, <laughs> it's a good asian thing right yeah so, uh, i'm at the uh, thrift shop with my daughter because she wants to buy she's looking for a halloween costume stuff yeah and i'm looking through the rack i'm like oh here's a nice banana republic polo shirt and it is practically brand new go up there how much is this it's a dollar. Mm. It's a freaking dollar, right? So it was probably brand new at forty bucks at least. Yeah, and it cost me a buck.
2: Wait, what was her costume? She dressed up as a rich person.
1: No, she ended up <laughs> dressing as a as a pirate. For the polo shirt? No, no, no. That oh. polo shirt was for me. Oh. And she was okay, looking okay. for like a, a white button down. Gotcha. And, and jeans and stuff. My eye patch.
0: So I'm gonna ask answer my devil's advocate question on should every person have two homes? I think I didn't, none of us did. We didn't create this economy, the system of, of, uh, printing money plus homes that, that go up in value. That's not something that we created. So if you're not doing it, hopefully if by you making the money that you have and it's not on the backs of others, as far as you know, then it it's, You can go, you should go buy a second house. You should think about your financial situation to better yourself, to put yourself in a situation that is financially sound financially, I guess the, the, the trend word trend term is financially independent. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think if you can, then you should, as long as it's not on the back of of others, um, if we go at at a macro level where I think America printing money and the power of America, it is on the backs of others, but that's not, we didn't create. That. <laughs> that's, we, yeah.
1: That's a little deeper. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but okay. it's funny though. Like I go back to, I went to UCLA and yes, we just won beat the, uh, beat our crosstown <laughs> rivals today in football. Wait, were you day. in film school? No, I was okay. an engineer. Yeah. Oh, I went okay. to engineering school. Um, uh, but I, I go back to campus once in a while as a alumni mentor and i talk to the students nice and i they obviously want to know about the the visual effects world they want to talk about working yeah. at the nfl and mobile apps and websites and all that stuff but i tell them like you cannot just focus on your job you, you just can't right mm. you have to think about and think now how you are going to multiply what you've been given like when you make, when you finally start getting a a paycheck, how are you going to multiply that other than just putting in a savings account that gets what, like 0. 0.5 or 0.6% interest? Less than a percent.
2: On. Yeah. Yes. Half of a percent.
1: Right. In which case you are not even keeping up with inflation.
2: Not today.
1: I, yeah. So your dollar is now worth like 80 cents (laughs) tomorrow or something like that next month. Uh, so you have to think about, and then I, I give them my unemployment story. Like this, I, I won visual effects awards and technical academy awards. And and then I was unemployed all these other times. Like, and now I'm buying dollar
2: shirts from the thrift store.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's a good, like you would never know, right? You would never know. Yeah. Who cares?
2: I often ask these days, like, what can you fricking buy for a dollar? Like, yeah. a Snickers bar, ain't even—is yeah, that the one that, that you get pissed off about?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, no. Uh, it, was it? Was Snickers? Yeah, I think Snickers bar. Yeah, it used to be sixty-six. Well, back, back. Oh, yeah, they're pushing two bucks nowadays. Yeah, one, one seventy, one sixty, or something. Oh, yeah, wow. and they're smaller. <laughs> yeah, that too. Oh, don't you
1: hate
2: that? <laughs> <laughs> Shrinkage. Is I know,
1: and you're charging me more money yeah what's wrong with this picture for
2: the record for our uh our viewing audience i got this shirt for free
1: <laughs> so i win. free is even better
2: <laughs> oh yeah for, our for you look. guys
1: so <laughs> you guys need to make it big where people are paying you to wear their shirts
2: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's negative free wait
2: no that's positive free <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah also for our audio <laughs> listeners uh eric's wearing a looks like a just a white t-shirt that's, that's nice, nice. Yeah, I it looks good yeah but uh if he got it wait, wait, oh no it's a polo that you got for less than a dollar there's a different yes. shirt yes yeah, yeah it's back in
1: my closet yeah
0: no i thought this was like a swanky high-end shirt you're wearing no
1: it's this a is, V-neck. and it's several years old too oh <laughs>
2: but you are good at visual
0: effects man <laughs> <laughs> uh for your is is your um property investment um is 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 there a name it's just your name your name on it the property investment um coaching
1: coaching Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just me. Is
0: is it typically someone looking for a second home or do you help people even that searching for their first home?
1: It could be people searching for their first, first home. I've I've talked to a few people who are been renting their whole life and they're in that dilemma. Oh, I'll never, I don't make enough and I can't save. And that's the other half of it, right? You can't save fast enough for a down payment because the prices keep going up faster than you can save. So we have to figure out a different plan.
3: Mm. uh
1: so that's that's why we go into the planning phase but first you have to get people out of this mindset like i will never be able to do this like no you can let's figure out how yeah i just have to be literally felt that way in
2: my uh in my 20s in san diego because i i got my degree in accounting from san diego state and Mm -hmm. uh you start you know you finish accounting school you get your job and you start thinking oh what's next right a lot of people buy a house in the in the traditional model right and right. I start looking around in San Diego and I'm like, no, this, oh, this, this math doesn't add expensive. up. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm like, you know, this is my, this is my, how much money I got. I got bills to pay and then I ain't got nothing left. <laughs> so th- those but are not cheap houses. <laughs> they're not. Yeah. They're
1: definitely not. I'll tell but you this
2: too. Um, there's a very interesting thing. You know, I was lucky to go to college, right? But I paid my way through at San Diego state. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working 30 hours a week and I got uh, a little bit of student loans. There's some federal loans I got enough to get through college and uh, I had friends and people I knew, not a ton but a few, where their parents helped them buy a condo while they're in college um and instead of paying rent, they're paying down this paying on this condo, but they own property right out the gate, and that's not even like a big generational wealth like inheritance right They didn't inherit anything but just that simple simple move of helping their kid buy a condo while they're in exactly. college is yep. such, such an incredible head start. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to just rate out, you know, they're not even out of the gate yet. They're still in the gate and they're getting this huge boost uh, of starting that path to wealth. Uh, yes. So, you know, I didn't realize it at the time. I just thought, oh, this fucking rich kid, you know, his parents <laughs> helped, helped him buy a condo, right? But, you know, instead of paying rent, I could have been paying a, on a condo somewhere.
1: Exactly. You could have had roommates and they could have been helping you pay down the mortgage on that. Yeah. Every month.
2: Yeah. So it was in- incredible because I didn't, I didn't get to buy my first property till 37. You know so how many years of appreciation lost right how many years of rent did i give to some other landlord
0: <laughs> exactly i'll throw yeah. on my random story on that um as i went through <clears throat> the age of 21 through 28 working in software engineering ah, uh, software engineering is can be a very lucrative um jo- uh, lucrative, lucrative profession for me, unfortunately, for whatever reason, I think I want to, I want to say it was heightism and people could battle me in the comments. If you think it's ever, ever, if this is not true or whatever, um, but I'll battle you <laughs> so like <laughs> I've had uh, taller Asian friends and taller white friends. And we graduated college the same time, same computer school. And for whatever reason, their salary is always 20, 30, 40% higher than mine. Wow, And Emmett knew quite a few of them. And he, and some of them, he's like, man, you're a lot smarter in computers than that guy. Why is that guy getting paid so much more than you at that time? I, well, this was many years later being able to reflect and, and kind of try to extrapolate what was going on at that time. I didn't know. I was just like, man, this kind of sucks. So anyways, the, the point of the story I was trying to get at was connecting to the home thing. I never thought I would ever be stable enough with enough money I think the stable thing was something that always in the back of my head for whatever reason. Stable, as in financially stable. Like mm. I felt in IT and software engineering, I felt that it was. I heard everyone in IT. I don't know if other professions are like this. In IT, it's typically every two to three years, you want a lateral. You want to do a lateral or a right, right? Yeah, you want to do a move. Upward move. Right. Yes, whether in the same company or to another yeah. company, you have right. to move to make your your pay right. better.
1: <laughs> make the jumps yeah
0: because yeah, you, you uh yeah. the typical uh three five percent raises even in it yeah.
1: that's they, not gonna cut it yeah, yeah
0: in it you're usually gonna get a 10 ten twenty thousand boost if you jump companies every two years but for me that never happened never ever i went to interview at other companies and those managers always would say what are you currently making and i, I felt like pinned like i had to tell them the truth a couple no. times to- never uh, tell them that they, heard, uh, yeah yeah working. i now i that's yeah. something that i've kind of learned now um, no, you needed some coaching back then to tell you to lie yeah yeah <laughs> um but also i felt even even responsibility on the job i felt the heightism was like i would do a really good job but the manager would never ever give me more responsibility even mm. a, even even <laughs> a title promotion i never got that i had a fight so
1: hard so yeah 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 so but, yeah let me let me talk a little bit about that too because I'm kind of in that situation where I'm moving from a senior level manager into director mm. and I'm I'm working with C level and VPs right now and the the uh, the coaching that I received is you I to back up a little bit I think speaking only for myself I've grown up thinking if I kill it at my job I take yeah. care of my team and I just nail it that I will get accolades for that and I will be rewarded and I'll get boosted up. That is so far from the truth. You You have to also get exposure and get other people upwards to also recommend you, to know who you are, know what you're doing, right? So then I am being coached in terms of, okay, you need to set up meetings with this C-level officer, these VPs. Even if you don't work with them, that's okay. Because when your name comes up or when a gap comes up in the organization, they will think of you because you are top of mind. Hmm. If you're too deep in the weeds, just taking care of your own work, it'll be forgotten, right? You'll, it's just commonplace. Everybody just takes care of their own job and their own work.
2: Right. There's no recognition for not having problems.
1: Exactly. So and if you want to rise above that, you have to have exposure.
2: Is what you're talking about, uh, kind of like a strategy game or more like politics?
1: I think it's a bit of both. Okay. Unfortunately. And I'm, to be honest with you, I'm not very good with the, <laughs> the politics side of it. Uh, but I, I think the, the theory is sound where these are the people who are making the decisions. And if they don't know who you are how are they gonna write your name in the line in the blank line mm. they're gonna think of the people who again come top of mind and if it's not you it'll be uh it'll be tom it'll be nancy it'll be all these other people who are not you
0: mm, so you need a good campaign yeah i uh when i worked at the cosmopolitan casino i was a software engineer and that that really resonates with me because that's what i did unknowingly i was I, uh, it's a very corporate environment where, yes. uh, I'm a software engineer there. I had my manager, they had their director, then a VP, then a, then a C level. There's often times where I knew there's gaps in, in the departments using my software, like this department that creates the offers for the guests spending $10,000 for this hotel, uh, reservation, phone call, uh, phone, phone desk, phone, System? phone operator. Oh yeah. Um, They weren't exactly talking to each other, like, hey, we could get this offer to that person you're on the phone with. And I would see that. And I had the, I guess, the, I don't know if I want to say the balls to contact the director. Oh, that's toxic masculinity. (laughs) (laughs) You got to put your balls in this podcast. (laughs) I had the ovaries too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I would contact the director directly and say, hey, I had this idea of you have, if you just generated 250,000 offers, but this department doesn't know about it, we need to find a way to connect that. Right. And there were times that, there were times where certain management would, would and by, or they would walk by and say, hey, why are you emailing that, that director? You, that's kind of outside of your, you should stay in your bubble. And I didn't realize that actually became a very, that it helped me a lot to, every director knew me and then exactly yeah yep. no but the, you're, you're making a threat to the people immediately above you because you're mm. jumping over their head there was a little bit of that um did i you, got do on purpose or uh no well it seemed like they weren't doing anything so <laughs> no. i don't well no they they weren't, <laughs> you were definitely they, a threat they, they <laughs> i saw the gaps i mentioned it to everyone and they didn't really push it so i'm like well if you're not going to help then i'm going to start jumping jumping around but yeah jumping around as in jumping uh layers of 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 the bubble of the org chart yeah the org chart Mm chart um so i think i think like you're saying be be a go-getter and then try to make those connections if you can yes uh yes i probably uh, made some enemies i probably could have uh put some kindle on some bridges (laughs) doing that (laughs) but but I think it worked out. Uh, that my managers, they they seemed to. Uh, I I involved. I actually, that's maybe something that didn't light the fire. It was some Kindle, but it never lit the fire. Was that every time I did mention to my managers and directors, I said, "Hey, hey, I'm I got this plan, and I contacted this director. They're down. Are you down? Here, you could get involved this way, so they would still get a piece of the pie." So sure,
1: and you're completely transparent. Right? Yeah, you weren't yeah. trying to backstab anybody. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to help here, really. And we, I think that's what it is. You go to these these VPs and these C-level officers, and just like, how can I help you? What do you need that you are missing? Yeah. And let me let me figure it out. Yep. So
2: you were you were shooting fireworks rockets that that were with a lot of wooden bridges around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, I used to have this uh I used to have this expression. We talk about burning bridges. It's like that guy has fucking fire shoes. He's burning the bridge as he's walking across it. He didn't even get across yet. He's already lighting the bridge up.
0: <laughs> At that uh on that in that same company, the uh I don't know really if I have I don't have a point for the story, but the <laughs> VP VP of IT, I didn't I didn't like him. He seemed like so um, he was so focused on money he was well he was willing to chop heads so quickly and i yeah. was actually ended up almost being one of those heads within like a month i i, I got word from uh this is so many years ago i don't think i could get him him in trouble but a manager told me he he wasn't allowed to tell me that my head was about to get chopped as in i was about to lose my job mm-hmm. he knew that vp was going to let me go so he gave and, me and
2: you took that personally
0: uh, as in you almost got chopped man Uh, well, I didn't, at the time the, the manager was really kind. He's like, Hey, maybe you should look for another job. Hey, maybe you should look for another job. (laughs) But, um, anyway, uh, I didn't, so the, the point of the, I guess the story I'm trying to make is that VP of it that really, that he was, um, yeah, uh, high up there. I didn't like him and I didn't play game. I didn't, I, I, I probably, if I wanted to, I could have played the game with him and said, Hey, what do you need? What do you need? What can I help you with? But he's, he was so selfish and so evil. In my opinion, in my opinion, I didn't even want to play a game with that. So I don't mm. know. Maybe a lesson learned is if you want to keep your job, maybe, maybe you got to manipulate <laughs> evil people. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately.
1: But even if they're not evil, right? It is just this is the irony, right? Our school system teaches us that if we're in the classroom, if we show up, ah. the school gets money. It's a good thing with a company, with an organization, you being there costs the company money. So if you are not bringing in more value compared to your salary, then you are really easy to cross out. Or if you are easily replaced by somebody who is cheaper than you, you are easy to cross out. And I think my (laughs) unemployment past has really shown how that's true.
2: I think you bring up a great point there because I I grew up uh, really good at multiple choice tests. And so I, I kind of cakewalked through school. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd study a little bit, but I could always nail the tests, right? And that's that's basically how you pass every class, right? You got, you got a yep. multiple choice test, right? So all the way through college, I'm nailing these tests. I'm, I'm great at SATs, I'm great at anything, anything that's got A, B, C, or D, I can figure it out, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm good, right? So going through school, I thought, I'm, I'm usually the smartest guy in the class. Like if I ain't, then I'm not too far from the smartest guy in the class. So obviously I'm gonna walk out of school And life's going to be really good. Like I'm going to make a ton of money and uh, things are going to be really easy because, you know, I'm I'm a smart dude here, right? So, but it wasn't like that at all because there's so many other factors that are not, like you say, performance-based or just doing the task in front of you.
1: Exactly. And you could do it great. Yeah. Somebody in New York in an office can just decide, hey, this whole department, we could replace them with these contractors and it'll cost us half.
2: Indians. Indians. (laughs)
0: <laughs> sorry it's usually indians or filipinos uh, no? in <laughs> india no we're, i think you're right i just i don't <laughs> want to admit to it <laughs> okay. um, so a kind of uh, near and dear to your heart i believe on your bio eric is kind of the school system isn't prepping uh isn't correctly prepping our our youth for the workforce what's your thoughts on that
1: yeah i totally agree with that uh i was actually writing something similar where like you could do the bare minimum you could do it below the bare minimum and then you end up getting promoted like how does that translate to the real world yeah right in the real world you could kill it and not get promoted because the budget's not there or mm. uh, some political uh oh we promised uh jenny to you know she would get this position before you type of thing it's just different in that regards like and as i said yeah uh if you're at school, the, the organization, the company gets yeah. rewarded for your seat, right? They get paid federal money. Uh, what else is there? Or you could you could do great, right? Yeah. You could be a great student, uh, be valedictorian, go to great college, internships and all that stuff. And that does not translate to success in the real world. Mm. Because as we just said, you could do a great job at your job, mm-hmm you will, you will just top out. You, I think that's what that part of what that bamboo ceiling is that we keep hearing about. It's to, just that we haven't been trained to make those connections with people that we don't interact with on a day-to-day basis. Do we need to and
2: start just, drinking and playing golf with the executives? Is that what we need to do? What Maybe.
1: do
0: <laughs> the question is what do white people do and just do it with them? Yeah. They, they play
2: <laughs> golf, drink, yeah, yeah, watch football. I've been to their parties. They eat deviled eggs a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think you had a saying uh, in corporate America, something you get promoted to your, your least in, to your incompetence. You get yeah, promoted. I, did, I
2: didn't invent that. I read that somewhere. You get promoted to your level of incompetence, right? So if you do, if you do good at something, you can move up, but there's a point at which you can't handle the job, but then you're in this job. So you have everybody getting risen to their, to the point they can't handle. And then you have all the positions full of incompetent
0: people uh, uh, <laughs> is, is the idea behind that <laughs>
2: flowchart. In, There's in the,
3: some
0: truth to <laughs> that.
1: I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like in my software engineering career, I've seen that where you get like a coder, that's really good at coding, but a lot of times coders don't like to deal with other humans. That's just coders right. yeah. were, sure. were that way. Uh, or a lot of, most of them are that way. I'm a, I'm quite a bit more extrovert than them, but so I've seen cases where a good coder gets promoted to like a lead. And then a, that, then he's still doing a decent job and then they try to promote him to, or wait, I'm sorry, a senior then to a lead. So he gets promoted to a senior, he does great. Then they want to put him as a lead, but now he has to take care of the, the right. eight, tw- eight or 20 employees underneath right. and it starts to fall apart. Right. Well, that, right. that's a people job.
2: It's not a coding job, right? Yes.
0: Right. And yeah. I, I think the level, because then they get there, the problem they get there and they do a really shit job, and the, tw- eight, the twenty people, eight people below, really hate this this lead. Right, exactly. So he's got promoted, and he probably won't get promoted further up there. So he's gotten promoted to his level of incompetency.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd like to talk about the bamboo ceiling more. Is that a? I've never heard that before. I'm. I'm oh, really? I, yeah. I mean, I that? could, well, I'm only half Asian, so I don't get all the. <laughs> so you get the <laughs> half bamboo. Yeah. yeah,
1: only half bamboo for you. <laughs> But no, it's it's basically right, we've heard the glass ceiling. At least that was the term I heard growing up, and how you can see it, but you can't get through it. Yeah. So bamboo is specifically for the Asian American community where we're we're topped out. We can't get to the executive levels for Mm. whatever reason. And I, I think we've talked about some of the reasons. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 the reality of what we're seeing. We don't like you look at all the top tech companies uh and look at their um the demographics guys, right? so, yeah look at the demographics of their companies and then look at the demographics of their executive levels yeah and they're widely different yeah
2: so you know uh isn't the mayor of Boston just got uh, elected as a Taiwanese heritage uh yeah, she's Asian American yep. yeah so that's awesome that she got elected to mayor of Boston that's a big city that's not that's not like mayor of a podunk little thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So that's a great example of, uh, exceeding success, right. Or, or high achievement. Um, so are we saying in corporate America that we're not seeing uh, Asian Americans are being held down a little bit? Is it, is it just the, the tall white male thing? I mean, if it's just tall white males then everybody's going to have a ceiling that ain't
1: a tall white <laughs> dude, right? I don't know if it's height necessarily. I mean, gender might be part of it. I do know a few organizations that are heavily white male oriented,
3: well,
1: mm-hmm. that's a bad pun, but anyhow, uh,
2: <laughs> you choose your orientation. <laughs> uh, I, I have a, uh, one of my college buddies, his brothers, uh, his brother, I forget, you know, finance major or something. So they went to a corporate job. So his brother and his friend, uh, you know, his buddy went gray early, like he's, he's like 25, but he's starting to go gray and, uh, they promoted him to like a super high, like some kind of you know, a great corporate position. And then when they realized how young he was, they're like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> they wanted to take the promotion back. Right. Um, yeah. Because there was an ageism implied, right? They assumed he was in his late 30s because of the color of his hair. but like, oh, fuck, this guy's 25. Um, but the insanity of that, is, it shows how, how vapidly they awarded the promotion. Like, it wasn't based mm-hmm. on anything he did, apparently, right? It had to have been based entirely on the look. So that's such an odd... That is wild. It's such an odd idea for Sad. us because we think yeah. that our promotions are performance-based, right? We exactly. think that our good yep. work gives us our promotions. You would think. Yeah. But that was such Which a glaring I... example of, oh. of somebody getting promoted on appearance. I
0: almost want to say this all goes down to how stupid humans are because whether it be <laughs> <the> <laughs> aged, uh, skin color, sex, gender, um, it seems like people, okay, so for me, When I have a conversation with anybody, I let their words dictate how I feel about them. Like if they say something stupid and they say something racist, then of course I'm going to. That's a stupid racist. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If they start saying a lot of smart things, uh, then I'll I'll, I'll start to think that's a pretty intelligent person that I want to continue a conversation with. Right. So it doesn't matter if they're black, uh, female, white, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I try to judge them based on that. So I, I think jumping to the uh, that a company a senior management would promote somebody based on their ageism. So that's I think that's all connected. People just are stupid. And they judge things too quickly. They they are too prejudiced on age, skin color, sex. I have a that.
2: complaint, Lim. I think Hispanics are underrepresented on your show. We never we <laughs> never talk about never talk about Spanish speaking peoples of the world. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
1: I, I can bring one on. I can bring on uh, one of my partners in, uh, in our nonprofit. We
2: need to get some about those up in here. Well yeah.
0: we've had. Yo- oh, is that too far? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had Yoli. She's Mexican. We had Norma, who's Ecuadorian. We've had. Oh, I was just saying. All our examples are about
2: blacks, whites, and Asians. Oh uh, yeah yeah. Indians yeah. and Filipinos. Got some Hawaiians. I
0: might start just saying minorities then. Oh to yeah. To encompass it all.
2: Mm. all right. Hispanic and non-Hispanic minorities. Yes. I don't understand why there's a different category. Like there's these uh, like census deals. Uh, yeah.
1: I don't either. Yeah. I don't know why we have to check a different box. Just oh, for well,
0: that. I think even Norma brought some of that up as in, uh, it is. So say the, like, um, I think on some of the paperwork, it would say, was it Spanish? No, Mexican. I forget what it was. No,
2: most of them, it's like you choose your, uh, ethnic origin. And then after that is another one for Hispanic or non-Hispanic. Yeah. I don't know why that's yeah. a separate category. Well,
0: like, uh, mathematically, for, I don't understand it for her. She feels it's unfair for her to be Ecuadorian. And it's so many people like, oh, you're Mexican. So yeah. to her, that, that hurts <laughs> when, when, well, that comes I should up.
2: say non-Mexican. Then
0: non-Mexican, Hispanic. So you want to add more to the <laughs> checkboxes? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know it, it is i under- I understand a bit of her pain. Yeah. I could sympathize for it, but uh it's yeah, it's a tough situation i don't, I don't know, sorry, I feel like I've derailed Eric's conversation.
2: <laughs> Eric is a wealth of knowledge and inspiration, and i I'm, <laughs> I'm making it stupid
1: here to makes it more fun
2: <laughs> all right, so what else uh so you're currently. You're currently coaching for real estate wealth. You're also working at Sony,
3: mm-hmm.
0: Sony, Sony Funimation, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Tell Tell me a bit about the Sony then, so that that that's just they they acquired Crunchyroll, yes. And then, so what what's your role there, and what what's that all about?
1: Ooh. Okay. So I am a program manager there. My current project. Is uh, with brand unification, so we mm. are trying to merge. So, there's two brands. Back a little bit. Yeah. Well, even before Crunchyroll, Funimation has acquired other anime streaming platforms around the world. Ah, so for instance, we have Anime Lab, which is in Australia and New Zealand. So we want to rebrand that and bring them into Funimation. So that is a project that I am leading. And then I run the payments, uh, payments team as well.
2: Oh, you got to subscribe to
0: get all these cool animes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: What's your personal opinion on as anime as a culture, it felt like probably the early two thousands, there was kind of a, a um, it kind of grew in popularity and I feel like it kind of went down and that's coming back up. Does that no, you just got older. Okay. Is it, what's, your, what's your outtake on that, Eric?
1: Well, I grew up with anime back in like the 80s, right? So I'm retro vintage anime fan. I think with the more recent popularity of anime, it has to do more with how they're really trying to bring together various different people groups, right? Like At Funimation, we have one of our saying is we want everybody to to belong to feel like they belong somewhere Ah. and so when you go to these anime expos or or conventions you have people with just a wide array of backgrounds but they are they are all connected by their favorite shows or their favorite movies in anime and the stories the characters just have this this wide swath of types right it's going back to media right it's it's not the typical superhero genre where the hero always gets the girl yeah anime is very different in that regard Um, very different storylines very different characters and people attach themselves to those differences so is is anime anime... a place yeah anime is a place where they can all feel like they're connected
2: is it a huge growing world right now is it booming oh totally Animes? it's huge
1: yeah okay absolutely
2: wait do you have an awesome cosplay outfit i wish i
1: did no oh bro <laughs> you're making the fuck do. no my, my i am not the cosplay type i'm not the halloween isn't that hand in person. hand with
2: the anime isn't that you would uh, think
1: you would think we we have some people who are huge and really good at it and spend a lot of time and effort I'm going to I'd recommend
2: rather, you, uh, <clears throat> you go get a, a cosplay so that you can have real street cred <laughs> with your, with everybody. I'd, I'd
1: rather help you buy investment property <laughs> so that you can, you can have the money to buy your cosplay outfit. Or, <laughs> or <kill> you. <laughs> Wait, did
2: you guys ever watch outlaw star? That was one that, uh, yeah. I, I had a, I had a buddy that was Into watching it. that a lot. Mm. Didn't men used to watch a uh, golden boy. Is that a stupid yeah, one? I think yeah. Is yeah. that a goofy one?
0: Yeah, super goofy. It was uh just a teenage boy, super horny, horny, and always. He uh, <laughs> was like the Benny Hill of anime. I, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's a teenage oh, boy those. Benny Hill anime. All
1: <laughs> um, oh, those perverted Japanese jump,
0: <laughs> jumping to um, Shang Shang Chi and Black Panther. Do you think, by chance, the anime? anime uh, society has had a Shang-Chi or Black Panther moment?
1: Oh man, that's a good question. I don't think there are many black characters in anime unfortunately. Mm. That should probably change. Actually, there's a a production company that's owned and run by people of color and they're putting out anime content with black characters. Black anime? Yeah, so they are doing it that's crazy um, yo yeah so people are seeing where the gaps are and they're they're trying to fill it
2: wait was um, alita the battle angel was that a, originally an anime
1: i think that was originally a graphic novel okay i don't know I'm i was asking I'm,
2: I'm trying to see a anime that crossed over into mainstream
1: I, what's the closest probably the uh, well flux
2: oh that doesn't count does it or is that the same vibe
1: I would say Avatar The Last Airbender is probably the closest. That's the big mm-hmm. one?
2: Avatar. Okay,
1: That's my thought. Because it, it's yeah. an anime style, but it's a, it was an American production.
2: Okay. So will we see a feature film in the anime style in the U.S. here? I hope that's, so. That's I mean, a you blockbuster.
1: Kind of saw, well, I mean, you had Transformers. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Uh, I would love to see uh, Macross. Mm. in a live action yeah like we have the we have the technology to do it i just think it's probably all about licensing yeah and money and rights
2: macross is a giant robot thing
1: it does it has giant robots okay i'm in so is that the (laughs) it's a space opera basically oh Hmm. yeah it's love story and
0: it's got everything what do you if you had a guess why that anime doesn't have a big feature film what what do you think are some of the missing pieces as in is it you need to put brad pitt in it or <laughs> or tom cruise or is it not big enough on youtube or is it young people don't have money i think so much it's money? big enough
1: i think okay. it's big enough i just i just think it's probably stuck with somebody who wants to make it and whoever owns the rights wants more money that that's my guess hmm Cause I think it all comes down to the rights and the licensing Yeah. somehow or another.
2: Gotcha. So if I go to Funimation, is it Funimation.com? Is that what I'm interacting yes. with? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I go on there and I want to subscribe to watch all these animes. Mm-hmm. And is- there's a free
1: service if you want 10 million ads. Ah, so there's yeah. an ad service and there's a subscription service. It's a perfect place for cosplay ads.
3: Hmm.
2: no, Am I wrong? Uh, Or don't all cosplays come from anime stuff? Or
0: am I am I off? Oh, it's video games, and anime. Okay, trying to think of any other uh, what it pulls from cosplay.
2: I got to make sure my understanding is on point because I'm an old guy. I got to figure this shit out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure all the Marvel superheroes is part of cosplay now. Oh yeah, yeah. DC. So do you need a, do you need uh, a convention
2: to do cosplay or is there another place where you would wear a cosplay costume?
1: We've had we have somebody, I have a coworker who she did a history of anime presentation along with a history of Funimation, because she's been at the company for quite a while Wow! Yeah. and she dressed up as in, in a cosplay to do her presentation. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. It was so good. Well, that's so because when you're I, at Funimation, right? sure 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 but when i i hired somebody and i said hey you have to watch this video it'll give you a background on Ah. animation and anime and it's given by this person and nice it was was great nice
0: what was it like working on uh at the nfl kind of i mean you mentioned that you had uh those big six foot five uh football players going through
1: yeah i was (laughs) tiny The women were taller than I was. (laughs) Was it
2: (laughs) the women that like football players?
0: Was it still a very corporate environment or how just kind of your experience?
1: Uh, I think it was corporate, probably the level above me, but not necessarily with the teams I was working with. So I was working with the engineering team or the creative team product. Uh, I had account managers with the club sites. So with the teams, Uh, I love my colleagues that I worked with. Mm. They were great. I didn't have to interact too much with the the levels above. So I didn't really get that corporate feel. I'll
2: tell you this about NFL players. There's it's a, it's a selection process where like to be on the high school football team, you got to be one of the biggest dudes. Right. And then to get recruited into a, a college, you're one of the biggest dudes in high school football. And then to be at the best colleges where the NFL drafts out of, You're the biggest motherfuckers around, like one out of a thousand biggest dude that hasn't injured out from playing this, this rough sport, right? You start banging heads and crashing into people and tackling most people injure out unless you're the biggest, strongest dude with the biggest bones and the biggest, uh, ligaments and, you know, and you can withstand injury and fight through it. And these giant rhinoceros human beings (laughs) are just gigantic, like, So I'll see them like in, in this context, in Vegas casinos. Oh, sure. And then you're just blown away by, I've never seen anybody this fucking
1: big before. Jack. every part of him is gigantic. And they're super fast, right? (laughs) Super agile (laughs) on top of it. But they're super nice guys. Yeah. All the, everybody I've been able, I was able to meet super, super nice guys. Yeah. So that was really nice.
2: Wait, you didn't meet Endama Suu, did you? i did not Uh, (laughs) oh man (laughs) he probably would have kicked me (laughs) i I hear aaron Rodgers is not a nice guy either people Mm. tell me he's uh unpleasant
1: Mm. interesting did not meet him
0: (laughs) i'm after you aaron Rodgers. you son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) so in your uh uh, visual effects stuff uh, you wrote down stepmom julia roberts digital ring tell me about that oh
1: yeah okay so when we got that project I was wondering what what the heck are we doing on stepmom what visual effects are we doing on this mm. so it turns out that there's a scene in there where julia roberts i don't know she scratches her nose or she does something with her hand and whoever was the the set person did not give her her engagement ring
4: ah because
1: at this point in the film she was engaged or married one of those so we had to digitally put on this ring on her in order for it to have the continuity in the film. That's the industry word continuity.
2: Mm. Cause you film the scenes all out of order and in different places and yes. And then right. you got to, okay. Yeah.
1: Piece them together and then make it make the lighting look like it's all shot at the same time.
2: Yeah.
0: Have, have you uh, re- have you watched uh, Stepmom? And then do you see any errors that you guys oh, yeah. made?
3: Uh,
1: oh, that I don't know. <laughs> I will yeah. say, so when we did the first um, Mind Witch in the Wardrobe, we got to see a, a preview screening of that for the cast and crew. Yeah. So we watched that. And it's a great movie. I really it was probably one of my favorite projects nice. with the final movie. But that movie was one where we int- originally had the entire scope of the film like oh. all the visual effects shots and then what they ended up doing was they ended up cutting back the amount of work that we did and started farming it out to other places Ah, so then when we fall, saw the final cut there are certain scenes you're like wow who did that that doesn't <laughs> that's look terrible like it. wow well. <laughs> yeah so i had a few of that few of those feelings sitting through that
2: hey there's uh there's talk of like um when you use guns on set, right? John Wick, there's a ton of guns, right? Sure. But there's yeah, talk of if you uh, you, know, uh, you can use digital gunfire. Is that...
1: Are the, John Wick did, yeah.
2: Yeah, are the visual effects good enough now that it's indistinguishable to the audience? That I think so.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that was the whole point of Life of Pi, right? People couldn't tell which tiger was real and which was CG. Hmm. Then you knew you did your job or uh, one of my buddies was the visual effects supervisor on some of the john woo uh, american movies yeah i think broken arrow and face off uh
2: face off
1: yeah i was i mean i, I was a huge john woo film or movie buff from his chinese movies ah. uh so i was asking him hey what's what was it like working with john woo and he was like doesn't say very much <laughs> <laughs> he's saying how when they sat and watched the shot and he would look at it and go, so what did we do on this again? (laughs) They would know, okay, we're done. We final the shot. Dude, face off was a
2: crazy movie. I couldn't tell who was Nicolas Cage and who was John Travolta. (laughs) 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 Hey, everything we've talked about reminds me of my old favorite movie. It was called the returner. I think it was Japanese, but it was a a weird knockoff of the matrix. Oh, really? Yeah. it It was, it was, it was like so bad. It was fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> uh but if you ever get a chance to find an old movie called the returner i highly recommend it i'm gonna go find it now mind. and watch it again <laughs> <laughs> i have to find it on vhs or dvd or something
0: do you happen to have um your a cringe uh worthy special effects that you've worked on and then and then on the flip side it's something that you're really proud of no Are he only does to- awesome things <laughs> can you name one of each
1: visual <laughs> We wouldn't,
2: wouldn't have let it out the down. door if it was terrible.
0: <laughs> so, well, sometimes I'll I'll tell, like with my software, like if if a manager cuts something out of, like I tell them, hey, this, is, this module is going to take four weeks to do. Yeah. And they try to say, hey, we need it in a week. Well, you're going to lose something out of that. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get the one week version? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, you're asking him to call out his least proud. <laughs>
1: well, no, I, I'm trying to think of it. So you want an actual shot that we worked on that I wasn't? You, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: and what insult to the movie going audience <laughs> are you responsible for
1: yeah i'm trying to think of an actual shot that we did i know the, like the final movies there were some that just i didn't care for. like when we went to the screening for scooby-doo ah mm. uh, i yeah was not happy with that movie so, uh, well like, this is, here's the funny thing is we ended up working on many uh what are they called uh raspberries are they called raspberries um but it's basically the oscars but on the opposite side oh razzies right. razzies thank you all right yes so, so yeah we worked on like battlefield earth uh cat in the hat i think mm. scooby was on there uh geely was another one uh so several films There's computer graphics up- and geely there were, okay. right? there's a sequence where, uh, there's a beach scene where he, the main character is, uh, hallucinating with this, this beach sequence. Yeah. Uh, okay. and it fades in and out with, uh, this tunnel sequence. I don't, know. I don't remember it.
2: All right. So um, you spent many hours looking at JLo's booty on a computer screen.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we spent many hours working on movies that were awful. Like the first dare, the first daredevil with Ben Affleck, uh, Electra was another one. I think those all got panned. Uh, yeah.
3: No,
2: but I mean the special effects are, you know, not why they were a bad movie.
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. They, they um, were, they were doomed in many other ways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, how about which one are you really proud of? Which, uh, special effects that you worked on?
1: life of Pi obviously is a okay. one that, that really comes out because visually it was it was stunning and mm. then also to know all the work that went into it and then also being on the technology support end since it was in 3D we had to do a, a left eye and a right eye so we had to double the amount of content wow in order to, to produce that that movie uh so turns a of number of shots size of the project or scope of the project um uh, the complications that we ran into yeah it was uh that was definitely one of them in terms of a final movie though like I, yeah i mentioned um line witch in the wardrobe the, the first chronicles of narnia was one of my favorites x-men 2 i mentioned that i will say alvin and the chipmunks 2 was one of my favorites <laughs> yes and i'll tell you why cuz we did the first one and it was cute it was nostalgic people loved alvin and the chipmunks and then i found out we're doing the second one yeah like what what a money grab and then i remember walking in and seeing the we were doing a test with uh beyonce and the chipettes uh-huh. doing their dance and i'm watching this like oh my gosh this is so good it was amazing. <laughs> right and i didn't do that one it was the modelers who, who did this but to be able to take Beyonce and, and take her moves and put it into a CG <laughs> ship was fantastic. And <laughs> I, did, it, I loved it. And I really enjoyed that second movie.
2: I did not expect that a, gold to come out of this conversation was <laughs> <laughs> a whole nother world.
0: You wrote down a story of us digitally composing two scenes.
1: Yeah, that was a funny, so that one was, um, Bruce Willis. I think Betty white was in that one. Mm. so there's one sequence where they're on they're on a bed so the bruce willis and i forget who the female lead is so it's a married couple and then um both of their parents so there's six people on this bed and it's like a dream sequence so they're on this bed and they're talking and dancing and again when we got this project i'm like what what are we doing on this yeah we're not doing any explosions or spaceships or anything what are we doing So it turns out that the director really, really liked certain takes with these actors, but not these. I see. And then he liked other takes with these actors, but not these. So we had to bring in both. Yeah. Splice them and then bring them together. And then again, make it look like it was shot all in one continuous shot.
2: Ah, that's interesting.
1: So those are things that like, I don't know if you saw Joker. Joker is a movie that you don't think of, you know, Batmobile or, you know, anything blowing up like that. Spaceships, nothing, yeah. no CG animals. Right. But had a lot of CG in it and, and that's the beauty of it. Or that's the irony of it where if it's done so well, you don't even realize it's there. Yeah. And that's when you've done a really, really good job. It's when
2: people don't know your work.
1: Exactly, <laughs> so that's that's the irony of it, right? Uh,
2: when you mentioned Scooby Doo earlier, and maybe I saw this funny meme. It was like uh, Fred's always sending off Shaggy and Scooby, like "You, we'll split up. You guys go that way. I'll hang out with the chicks." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you also wrote a bedazzled ending sequence.
1: The bedazzled ending sequence. So I think the original cut uh the director when they when they finally played it all together didn't like the ending so he actually got i think the actress was elizabeth hurley actually got her to fly out to reshoot the ending and then we had to redo the ending with the movie
2: to put put her into the new (laughs) ending yeah
1: correct yeah Yeah, so what happens a lot and you don't realize it is a lot of times they will green light a project without the script actually being completed oh in this case the script was completed they shot it put it all together and then didn't like it and so did re retakes or in this case a whole new ending that they had to shoot and post-produce
2: i wish somebody would give me a multi-million dollar budget to start making a movie
0: without a script yet (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like a lot of fun I wish people would just give me multi million dollars. Yeah, I know. And not have, I mean, not having a completed script is not too far from <laughs> from not having a plan.
2: All right, Eric. Let's say uh, you're in Hollywood. Somebody walks up and says, "Hey, man, I got a fifty million dollar budget. Go make a movie." What? Uh, Ooh, man. I know you're not a movie. Huh. I know you're specialized, but right, right. you're in the business. What? This is your fantasy now. What movie would you go make if somebody handed you a giant check?
1: Oh man, that's tough. Can i make the macross movie yeah uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah just... i think i think that would sell i really do nice because you've got you've got transforming robot jets you've got a <laughs> romance right yeah. you've got pop music it's got, it's got everything it's got, it. it's got, got it politics all. yeah
0: all right who would you hire for the the uh, male lead role and the female lead ro- role role oh, <laughs> what studly <laughs> asian <romantic laughs> who that is. good looking son I, of. don't me. say yeah, chris don't, evans because
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> rick hunter if you want to be true to it rick hunter is like a 19 year old kid yeah there's there's oh. some buff
2: 19 year olds man
0: hmm. <laughs> elijah wood
1: <laughs> no 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 <laughs> So in that case, maybe you go unknown, right? Maybe you mm-hmm. find a, a new fresh face yeah. to bring in and, and maybe you hire uh, James Earl Jones to be <laughs> mm. like the admiral, right? Mm. To be still somebody. He's still around. I
2: I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Let, let me ask you this is Squid Games good for the Asian American in the entertainment cause? it's the most popular thing in the world right it
1: is and i watched it and i I didn't love that either
2: yeah Uh, no but the asian wins yeah i suppose (laughs) well except for the other 456 that that got shot (laughs) spoiler yeah that one was
1: that one was funny because the only guy i felt like i could root for was the the indian dude
2: right pakistani
1: yeah, Pakistani guy. Right? I I didn't feel like rooting for anybody. Oh, else. you hated
2: all the other characters. <laughs> I did.
1: <laughs> uh, that's funny.
2: It that is a very weird uh, dystopian kind of
1: It is. Yeah, uh, I didn't. All right.
2: Not not the yeah. stereotypical hero movie. Oh, it wasn't a hero movie at all. Okay. So we need to do an Asian lead Macross like Top Gun from the eighties. Oh, that would we, be cool. We need it to be that awesome. Or, as I said,
1: an Asian James Bond.
0: Oh, mm. Asian James Bond. Is there, uh, is there any Asian Asian movies that you could think of that portray that same thing? But that's, so they would only need to do a, a kind, yeah,
2: Crazy Rich Asians, <laughs> suave and sophisticated.
0: I have to watch it. I guess drinks martinis. <laughs> yeah, it's no. good with gadgets. just fucking around sorry guys (laughs) you wrote unnamed project when lead through a tantrum on set what's that about
1: Uh, yeah how do i do this without implicating anybody but yeah we had a project where it was on location they had pulled permits Mm -hmm. and in los angeles it's not easy right you have to go through the whole permitting process You have to bring out the police shut uh, down the streets right traffic control the whole nine so they did all that for i believe a week in this somewhat remote location not too far off Um, and somebody had misplaced the leads engagement ring oh and that lead the rumor was through a tantrum and walked off the set. Lost their for shit. Two days, right? Ooh. So, two days out of a one week shoot. I, and I thought it was just a rumor, right? But it mm. was substantiated by the visual effects producer in meeting. So, I was, it, yeah, it's just, it surprises you, but it kind of doesn't. Mm. You hear these stories and you're like, oh, they can't be true. And you realize, no, it is.
2: So, so you're saying it's unreasonable, like a normal person should be like, that totally sucks, but I still have to do my job and not screw up this whole production.
3: I
1: that- yeah, think that this person held up how many hundreds of people and how many thousands of dollars hmm. for what? And because it ended, it ended, it ended up turning up, right? Somebody found hmm. it eventually. And it's just sad that like, if, if any of us did that, yeah, I think we'd be fired on the spot.
2: Well, you can't like, if you're the star
1: yeah exactly so like liam if you just said oh, i'm not going to code this because uh somebody, somebody ate my noodles somebody didn't yeah somebody ate my lunch out of the, Sorry, that's racist out of somebody the ate my hot dog <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: right or somebody took my pencil uh i think you'd be fired <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah is, is that part of the crazy derangement of somebody who's such a big star that you begin to have like the world revolves around you And and in a way, a big movie production revolves around you, right? You want, uh, I need a, I need a crazy expensive trailer and I need assistance and I need a special diet and I need everything pampered and catered to me, like a a crazy royalty kind of situation. Is that.
1: Well, I think to a certain degree, it kind of, it's part of marketing, right? You hire a top face and name and it markets itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's a huge risk if you bring on uh, an unknown.
2: Yeah, yeah. When you known. when you have Tom Cruise as your uh, star, then there's a certain credibility to that movie, right?
1: right? You're going to bring in a certain amount of dollars just based on the name. Yeah. Period. Mm.
0: Earlier, you mentioned a nonprofit that you're uh, working mm-hmm. with. Uh, what, what, yes. what, is, what is that? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Or?
1: Absolutely, I'd love to. Uh, it's Baja Missions, and as I was saying, if you need a Mexican dude to come on your show. <laughs> yes. I've got one. I've got a uh, a tall, handsome-looking Mexican dude. I yes. up that I mentioned that. <laughs> uh, but no, we what we do is, is we we go into this community down in Mexico, uh, just south of of San Diego. It's about two and a half hours half hour south of San Diego, and we have a connection with the community down there, and we. Find families in need mm. and we find out their story, build them a house. And when I say we build them a house, it's not something, anything you would see in the US. It is a concrete slab. It is two small rooms, a living room, and then a lofted space above. It's um, There's no running water. We wire it for electricity, but there's no electricity in these areas. Mm. Most of the people, most of the families we meet are migrant farmers. A good number of them are indigenous in mm. Mexico. So they don't even speak Spanish necessarily. The children may because they're going up in school. Wow. So they speak their native they're language, like, which... They're Mayans which, or what? Are they Aztec? I don't know. Well, they, they call the language Mixteco. Okay. But I don't know what they call their people group. Yeah. And what's funny is is they don't even have a word for Americans. They they call us, they're the people from the other side. Oh. Kind of like this.
2: You're like space things. aliens. Yeah. Like
1: <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Stranger things, as soon as they said that, we're from the other side. Yeah. Um, so, so then yeah, we, we build them a house and then we try and find kids who have, I don't know, for lack of a better term, the it factor right? These are kids who have nothing going for them. They're doing their homework by candlelight. And once they hit middle school, they will be pulled out of school because it costs money to send them to public school. Mm -hmm. And they're going to go work in the fields and they're going to have to make money for the family so we can eat. Yeah, And that is the life cycle that they have. And then by the time they're in high school, they get pregnant and then they repeat, rinse and repeat. So what we try to do is, first thing is we try to build them a house so babies are not dying from, from lung infections, from sleeping on dirt. Mm. And then we try to keep them in school, get the parents to agree, you're not going to make as much money, but we will pay for your kids to go through middle school, high school, and college.
3: Mm.
1: Wow. And it changes their lives forever. So we went down there back in October. And we went with some families that we're going to be building for later on this year, but we also got to meet with, I call them kids, but they're young adults now, right? These are the first generation who made it through that education program. And the first of which uh, is a doctor. She went through medical school, became a doctor and is now at a clinic down there.
2: Wow. She went full bowl. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And some of them, they're nurses, they're working in offices, they're getting married, and now they're having children as young adults. Mm -hmm. right? They have homes and, and it's awesome. Like that you are, we have an opportunity to to change lives forever and generations. So if I can pitch that one, if you go to Baja missions.org, you can find out more about that and you can help support us with, with that organization.
2: Yeah. Is, is there any element of, uh, I mean, are you changing their culture then? Is there, I'm I'm not a, I'm, I'm a fan of modernization, right? I want everybody Mm -hmm. to participate in this amazing modern world. Um, are you, are you just giving them opportunities or is, is there no loss of their, is, is there a situation so bad that there's nothing to lose in terms of keeping an old lifestyle or keeping an old culture?
1: There's a bit of that because they're in a place where again, no electricity. They're only now learning about the internet because of remote school because of the pandemic. Yeah. Before that, they would have no idea. Yeah. Um, maybe because the smartphones are coming out and they can have data um, yeah. programs, plans, and, and they can have access to the internet. But before that, they had no idea that there is such wondrous technology out there. Yeah. So they're slowly learning. Um, but in terms of do they want to keep any of, of what they had before? Maybe in terms of the the some of the cultural practices right you yeah. um maybe family traditions and that sort of thing mm-hmm. which is huge like we go down there and we when we meet with these families they're like you know that whole mikasa su casa right your home your my home is your home yeah is absolutely true like they they say that every time we go down we try and visit the families a few times during the year, we go back and we say how they're doing, yeah. we bring them, uh, we go grocery shopping, we bring them food, you know, nice. gifts, stuff. um, but yeah, in terms of the people group, they, know, yeah, come on, come on in to our home, make yourself at home. Is there anything I can, you know, give you, are you hungry, thirsty, anything like that? Just, Wait,
2: how do you communicate if they don't even speak Spanish?
1: So the, the, families that still speak Mixteco we have to bring well usually the kids are bilingual yeah. right so the kids are growing up with Mixteco and speaking Spanish okay and then our director is Spanish speaking he's Mexican so he can speak Spanish and it gets translated gotcha. but it's wild when you don't have anybody who speaks uh, Spanish around so then you have to go from English to Spanish Spanish to Mixteco yeah you have to do this this telephone yeah (laughs) to try and communicate that's something else all right i'm going to walk us into the final
0: question section
2: final questions first
0: question what great daily habit or habits do you have
1: great daily habits uh so this drives my wife crazy the fact that i have a pretty set night routine and a pretty set morning routine so my evening routine, basically, just like anybody else, right? I, I'm going to shower, brush my teeth, you know, get ready for bed and then go to bed. But I do it pretty much at the same time every day. And then when I get up in the morning, I'm getting up pretty much every morning. During the weekday, I'm always in the stock market, right? I'm That's the other thing I'm doing.
2: Wait, are you going when to bed we- at 8.23 p.m.?
1: no i go to bed eleven eh, thirty p.m oh, okay. or so and i get up around seven thirty in the morning uh i don't get up as soon as the market is open okay if, that, if that's what you're asking I, yeah i used to uh and then i just realized i don't need to <laughs> <laughs> i could just i can be a little bit more strategic in that gotcha um, but i want to see what the market is doing and, and i have i'm active in the market every day yeah uh So i will do that for 20 30 minutes and then at that point you know maybe i take care of the dog uh, and then i have to start my work day right i've got meetings i've got email to get through slack messages and all these things Uh, and then continuing on into the evening right three days a week i'm in the gym i have my gym in my garage nice so i don't have to go anywhere i don't have to wait for anybody can i work in with you you know i gotta wipe off the sweat it's my sweat yeah <laughs> so i've got my own gym in my garage once a week i've got a guy who comes by and we we hit the bags together right so i'm keeping up my martial arts and my striking uh saturday mornings i'm throwing the football around with with friends during the pandemic i was like what can i do this is driving me crazy
3: mm.
1: so we go out and at first we were just throwing you know two three of us we just run routes and now we actually d up against one another and we're doing one-on-ones this is is something
2: you could do from six feet away is what you're thinking right
1: sure yeah absolutely
2: don't don't breathe on the ball and go long exactly
1: (laughs) and that's the only way i run i hate running (laughs) can't stand it
2: but i'll run a go route yeah if you make me chase the ball or make me chase somebody else i'll do it (laughs) to the post (laughs)
0: nice next question what do you know or think of cryptocurrency
1: uh i know very little of crypto so i pretty much stay away from it i know a lot of people i actually some people on my engineering team who are really into it uh, but i myself i i stick to the to the blue bloods or whatever you call them the the knowns mm-hmm. right, the big dogs um well yeah, so i what are the yeah, ways you
2: would say that uh, a regular person can grow wealth? Uh, it looks like you're into real estate and stocks, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, those are
1: mine. Like honestly, I I would get a coach, and I know that sounds so cliche, and I'm selling it, but I think it goes to: Do you want to make a big, rapid, accelerated jump into it, or do you want to take the time and go through YouTube videos and read blogs and learn it all yourself, which is going to take you, what, five, 10, 20 years to learn all the mistakes and then dig yourself out of them. If you have a coach who's been there, done that, and ex- can accelerate you through in one year, two years, I mean, just think of, of the growth that you can get in the beginning and then how much more valuable that'll be 10, 20 years down the road compounded absolutely make all the mistakes in the first year rather than in year five yeah everybody says oh i don't want to invest in a, a coach i don't want to pay for that i'm like well think of the cost that you're incurring later on down the road think of what it's costing you not to do it right now and to learn it later and lose it later and have to regain it yeah right There's a huge cost to that. And we talk about like scaling uh, Mount Everest. Like how many people go on YouTube and learn how to scale Mount Everest and then go do it? Or how many people read through a blog on how to climb Mount Everest and then go do it? I don't know anybody who's done that. Or nobody who's done that and survived. (laughs) Everybody has hired somebody who's been there and done it.
2: Wait, you know some people that went and died on Mount Everest?
1: i'm sure they have
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no yeah you need to hire a sherpa to uh yeah
1: exactly because they know
2: they don't get any credit though they don't people always say i climbed mount everest but i had these three dudes carrying all my luggage that are and as a coach
1: i'm fine with that like i totally said look i've been doing this for 20 years and i'm at the place where i'm at and i would love to teach somebody how to get there in three years or five years, and just think how amazing that life will be when you get to the 20 year mark. You will be beyond where I am, and that's what I want. Yeah, right. Why do I want people to be where I am? No, I want people to get beyond where I am, but you got to start now, right? You got to start early.
2: There's an advantage to starting early for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll be your cryptocurrency coach if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look out. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I might take you up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, feel free to ask me questions uh, offline. Um, I, I'm huge into cryptocurrency. I think it's the future. Um, as a software engineer, the coding, sure. uh, the coding uh, yeah. underneath of it is something we have ever yet to have. So it's going to change the world. I don't think if it's. I don't think it's if it's when. I
2: just like money. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: diversification. It's a good thing.
0: <laughs> Next question: What's the biggest problem for humans? What should we do to fix it?
1: Oh, biggest problem for humans! Wow, just one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: these garbage movies coming out. <laughs> <a thing. laughs> There's no masculine Asian male media.
1: <laughs> now I, I think, wow, one. That's the only reason uh, I
2: go to the uh, the public gym. It, it's LVAC here. I go there to flex on other dudes and just be dominant. <laughs>
1: it doesn't work. Aschulian Asian male. Right? <laughs> Point. Put the Vegas sign up. <laughs> what up, bro? Uh, gosh, I mean, I can go at this with so many different ways. Okay, so full transparency. Uh, I'm a Christian guy, faith in Jesus, right? God first, all of that, and I can put out there as a blanket statement that we don't, as a, as humans. We don't put God first, right? And we're not following the ways of of the Bible. Um, but I think it's so much deeper than that, especially us being in the U.S. because we are following a very Americanized version of what Christianity is. Ah, um, white Jesus, I, yeah, <laughs> to a certain degree, right? And, and so I I had a mentor, and he was really big into global missions and he was also a surfer so he loved going around the world and doing missions work and surfing um and fishing right those are his his big things and i i'm not a, a big traveler
4: fish. yeah
1: yeah i'm not a big traveler so i was like oh, i don't know if i want to do it and he said he, he said something that has stuck with me he said basically how god is moves differently outside of the u.s like mm. inside of the US we are so we're we're kind of worshipers of, of money really yeah 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 fame and fortune and <laughs> and that whole thing and money itself is not evil right we 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 need it uh it is it is a tool yeah. but it is obviously the worship of money that creates all sort of issues um, but in any regards like the the American the Americanized version of of the Christian faith, uh, I think is it has some issues. So when you go to another country, and you see God doing different things, you realize, wow, we we meaning Americans, yeah. may not have it right, and we have to be open to that. Uh, and what we do about it, I, I think there are different things, but I, I think that's where we start. Like we have to understand that it it's not about us um we have to do things for others uh i'd like to think that like my real estate investment is not all about me and my family uh i do want to give a nice place to live for other people wealth growth is is part of it but man like we're doing the nonprofit i'm supporting other uh
2: dude eric is literally going and building homes for some and, of the poorest people he can find mhm as long and as you, so, yeah. Wait, are you charging them rent? <laughs> no,
1: it's their home. <laughs> oh, okay, it's, all right. The, the only thing we I was about to actually, call you a
2: slumlord. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> in mixed. <laughs> the technology. only
1: thing, the only thing is they have to own the land, right? Ah, they buy the plot and land. We verify that they actually own it, and we can build this house, and it is yours. Nice, and and that and that's part of it too, right? You haven't truly given a gift unless you've given something that they cannot return. Yeah, right. So in that. That, <laughs> you that's can't what we're ship doing. this house back, sucker. <laughs> 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 no refunds.
2: <laughs>
1: and it's yours, right? Yeah. That's, we want to bless you with it. Yeah,
0: I think and that's amazing. That's fantastic, yeah. All right, next question. What is your favorite food or dish? Oh, gonna really you Just
1: one? Oh, man, all these singular really choices. Uh, so a little backstory on this one. Um, so being Japanese... Mainly grew up with Japanese food and obviously American food. Um, very limited palate. Uh, my wife. You mean you only Korean. like
2: fish and rice?
1: <laughs> and tofu? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and noodles and miso? Yeah. Uh, but my wife is Korean, right? And when we got married, I was like, oh man, I can't eat kimchi. I can't eat the Korean food. Yeah. Not into spicy food. But somewhere along the line, I've just developed the taste, and now I absolutely love Korean food. Just nice. Absolutely love it. Almost more than I would say Japanese food and anything else. And so. Like every time we're eating it. You, I, should, you just
2: lost your rights to the Macross movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, Ari.
1: But you earned Squid Game. I'll cast a K-drama star in the lead. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I'll have a BTS soundtrack. All right, I'm in. I'm sold, you son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> but no, I mean, every time we eat Korean food, like, oh, I'm so thankful to my wife. For introducing me to korean food nice and love it like i'm, I'm actually salivating right now so we, we, talk about <laughs>
2: <this>. <laughs> we just did we did a korean barbecue at our house the other day we were like what are they doing grilling yeah. up beef. let's buy a whole shit ton of beef
1: <laughs> and honestly like and i love korean barbecue don't get me wrong yeah. but there's so much more even outside of that that i had no idea what's, what's a crazy what korean is. dish
2: what's
1: um gosh what is it? there's one that has uh, a squid bar- in it that's one of my favorites Oh. yeah beef and pop is really good that's, that's one of my squid. my kids favorite nice. yeah there's there's a squid stew mm. that's amazing or uh sundabu which is their their tofu soup hey, mm.
2: hey is there a paris baguette in la
1: paris baguette
2: i'm not that i'm aware of okay there's one in vegas and Perry baguette is uh it's like the it's the starbucks of korea like if you go to seoul like oh, okay every fucking corner is a peri baguette so it's hilarious uh
1: so it's probably all in the k dramas that my my wife and i watch now. yeah <laughs> yep
0: all right last question shout out two friends uh two friends you think that should do this conversation shout
1: out two friends who would you, you love have to, think- to see Heaven do they Stone? have to be asian no it could be anything no okay so number one would be ernesto Astorga, who is the director of baja missions ernesto talks about baja missions passionately one of my good friends uh our wives say that we share the same brain like Oh. we each have half because yeah. we we can finish each other's jokes yeah. <laughs> so yeah crazy funny guy great to work with um blessed to know him yeah so he's definitely one
2: i want to get the secret let's plans of this house you guys are building
1: <laughs> let's see who would be the other one you're going to build it
0: for cheaper and make more money? No,
1: I just want to
2: steal good ideas and make money. Oh, wait, you're right. Shit. Money. There's,
1: there's, there's no money to make in the- It's not a money deal. deal. No. no. What about no. put wheels it's- on the house and then you don't have to own the land? Then it'd be a mobile home.
2: I think you're onto something.
0: Our Nestle's not going to want to interview now.
2: I need a mobile home with a hot tub so that people will pay more rent for the hot tub.
1: Yeah, who would be another one? Well, give me some ideas. Like, what are your, some of your themes that you're looking for? Are they all entrepreneurial or, um,
0: I would say the I would, if I had to describe my podcast, I think I'm seeking wisdom from people that do a, a career and have a, a intuition on many topics from their career. That's kind of at a high level
1: Intuition from their career. We want Ooh.
0: to dig for the secret knowledge you have that you
2: can share with us. The gems, the secret sauce. Yeah. So if anybody wanted to get into uh, you know, CGI movie editing, hopefully they learned a little bit out of this, right? If somebody wanted to help people in other countries, hopefully they learned a little bit. Gotcha. From you. Gotcha.
1: Or in my case, maybe they don't want to get into VFX. <laughs> <laughs> they find out it's not exactly a stable. If, if
2: they want to start building wealth for themselves and their families soon, hopefully they learned a little bit. Start early, we got that, right? Mm-hmm. The sooner you can start the better
1: yeah, that would be good. Um, oh, I wonder I'm trying to think of names all of a sudden now how
2: about how about <sighs> asian American pillars of the community in l a You know we need more females on the show right it's it's uh we have a skew where where men are more likely to come onto a podcast. Okay. And, and women are more religious. Oh, shoot. Then you could just talk to
1: my wife. Yeah. My wife, Linda. She so she's us. a pastor at our church yeah. as well. Um, yeah, she's got great stories. Yeah, she was born, born in Korea, came over here when she was a child. Um, she explained you know, came, the food better. <laughs> she would definitely explain <laughs> the food better. But yeah, I mean, she's got the immigrant story where didn't speak English here, had to learn it, um, made it into college, graduated, thought she wanted to be a teacher, was a teacher for a number of years and got called into full-time ministry, um, runs a great program with, with our youth. Um, yeah, I think it should be a fascinating interview.
0: Awesome. Okay. Let's do that.
1: I think, I
2: think it's awesome to hear you guys are out there doing good things and helping people.
1: Yeah, she's on the team too. She's part yeah. of our Baja leadership as well. Actually, you should ask her how she even found about Baja missions. That's her story. <laughs> you should ask her about that. You got because dragged again, into it. <laughs> again, I, I don't know if you are, are uh, have a faith in who God is and stuff, but she has this this faith God story of how we got connected to Baja missions. Nice. And it's, it's amazing. So I think you would love to hear it.
0: Awesome. Do you have a cup to cheers to the end? A cup or a drink?
1: A I don't. Time. You didn't tell me to bring one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have an empty. We'll, we'll fist bump it. My, my wife has this uh, Oh. empty so... bottle on my desk. Topo
0: Chico. <laughs>
2: Zoom is bl- uh, blurring it mm-hmm. out.
0: Yeah. Oh. So <laughs> nice. Interesting. All right. Well, cheers Anyhow. to your empty glass. <laughs> thank you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: thank you. This was a lot of fun. Yeah.
2: The glass is full. Really enjoyed meeting <laughs> you guys. This is great. Thanks, Eric. Hope to talk to you again. You. Yes.
1: Cheers. Absolutely. Keep in touch.